Well, hey there, it's John, a Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 83, and we're going with something new. The Menu from 2022, so kick back, relax, order yourself up a burger, and enjoy episode 83 of A Cut Above Horror Review, The Menu. Cut my life into pieces! Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host Jacqueline and tonight we'll be discussing The Menu from 2022. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, it's Hydraberg. What's up, Hydraberg? Yes, yeah, Chef. <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good. You having a good week? Yeah, super. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, it's John. What's going on, John? What's happening, Jacqueline? Hide your burger. I heard you got yourself a little injury. Uh, yeah, it was like over a week ago. Oh, okay. I had a boo well, at work. Boo -boo. Well, then we don't care anymore. If it was yeah. over a week oh, ago, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> it was my nose picking finger, so it was really inconvenient. Oh, <laughs> what an inconvenience that is. Yeah. You could always switch to your pinky. True. Make it look all like poshy. That's how fancy people, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the posh way to pick your nose. Yeah. Your it pinky? is. I don't it's know. It's like it's like when you're having a drink, like you're drinking water. You always keep that one. Yeah. Oh. Doctor Evil. Throw me a I'm just a peasant. I've been using my index finger this whole time. Now oh, I know wow. I can use my pinky. And that's and how we more... do it on a cut above. And we are off to a great start. <laughs> We're keeping it classy, <laughs> Tallahassee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to see you fellas again. It's back to our, our OG bunch here. We've had guests for the past couple of weeks, and now it's mm -hmm. just us three. Yes, it is. Just me and my boys. Speaking of boys. Special, special thanks to uh, G-Baby and Steve for coming on last yeah. week. It was a blast having them on. Oh, yeah. Fun. So uh, G-Baby is a reoccurring guest, and Steve, for the first time, was awesome. So I hope Yeah, he was great. I kind of expected to just be mad at him the whole time, and like <laughs> I thought he was just going to have like a, a steady stream of hot takes, but no, he was he was awesome. I think he was his very reputation cool. precedes him. He has some hot takes, but he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, he is. He is. He's so a good dude. We love and we, Steve. And Come we back met, met his cat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Emma? <laughs> and his cat's butthole. Lola. Lola, what, that's it. Emma, where'd you get Emma? I have no idea. Justine? Justine. <laughs> Let's just make up names. Lisa. Alicia. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, all right. Well, I'm 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 actually really excited to talk to you guys. It's felt like a really long week. Yeah. I don't know why, but it feels like it's been two weeks since last week. And today I was driving home from work and I was like, God, I can't wait to talk to John and Hyderberg. So uh -huh. I'm very happy to see you guys. I'm very happy to see you too, Jacqueline. <laughs> and you too, Hyderberg. Ditto. All right. Well, John, what's the yes. new news? Uh, the horror movie news is the Boogeyman trailer came out. The adaptation of the Stephen King story. Did you guys watch the trailer? Sure did. did. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys exactly. think of it? Oh, what did I think of it? Yeah. It, it was okay. Um, looked oh, kind of creepy. It? I was intrigued. That maybe not excited about it, but I'm intrigued. I'm definitely checking it out. Okay. Hydraberg, what say you? I don't know much about the story, but I dig the premise of like things that go that hide in the dark, you know, and it's it plays on that childhood fear. That's what the trailer totally does. Also, of like the boogeyman, he's in the closet and now he's under your bed. And uh, I kind of like that. I and mean, it, it feels like I don't know the story that well, but it feels like 
other survivors possibly or people that have like come across this entity um converge at some point to help each other out or something it looks like so it looks interesting it does yeah. and yeah. hopefully it's not as bad as that early 2000s remake they did yeah oh yeah that was that was with like that a, guy in it that was really bad yeah. piece of horseshit right there i hope we never do that one. <laughs> i forgot about that if, if you had not mentioned that i would have it's not even dog lived shit. a long not life and died it's terrible. very forgettable not having remembered that ever was that based on it, the, it was on the same thing it was the same story i don't loosely remember. i guess because i know I this think... has like stephen king backing it like he's excited about it yeah it's coming yes. out in june so i mean start planning ahead yeah it's we'll a ways away one. i think it was supposed to be straight to streaming at first but they now they're putting it in theaters well yeah that That's was one sign. of my stories from last week but since we had yeah. steve and g baby on um I, I just cut that one out. It was actually supposed to be a Hulu release, but like the 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 screeners have been fantastic, very similar to um, what Smile did, because that was supposed to be a streaming movie, but it was so successful and people had so much fun with it that it actually got that theatrical release and made that $210 million. Nice. So, yeah, screening wow. is uh, getting good reviews. So hopefully this is going to be another one. Nice. Yeah, Hyderberg, like you, I like that it seems to tap into this common universal childhood fear of like mm -hmm. the things that, you know, you're afraid of as a kid that's under your bed or in your closet. Oh, one thing I liked about the trailer was that the closet door, you know, usually in movies like this, the, the door like slowly creaks open, but here it just like, bam, flew flies open, open with like I was surprised force. by that also. Yeah. That was a nice little and jump scare there. You just barely catch like a tiny tiny fraction of like some figure scurrying mm -hmm. out of the door and then and then the kid like leans over and you get just the, a tiny tiny fraction of the figure scuttling under the bed and, but you can't make sense of what it is or what it looks like which i like they're not see. showing it 100 percent in the yeah. trailer which i don't want to see it um yeah, yeah. I and i like it's funny that she's holding like this like moon globe uh light like i like i see ads for them all the time on like instagram and shit like that and it's just funny that that's like her her way of uh, like keeping herself safe. She holds on to this thing. It looks like in most of the yeah, scene. Like, yeah, like a security blanket. Instead of yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Instead of like a flashlight, she's holding on to this like moon globe, glowing orb. Yeah, I'd be worried about about the batteries going out though. <laughs> yeah, that's an opportune moment. Yeah, and they actually showed a lot of the upside down shots, which didn't which didn't look bad. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, I bet John's like. Upset. No, it, it didn't bother me as much unless they use it throughout the movie and it just flips and turns and stuff like that. Well, if this thing's crawling on the ceiling, that kind of make like that. That makes sense. It does make sense. Yep. So I didn't have a big problem with that. Um, okay, so we know the name of the new movie from Zach Krieger. He is the director of Barbarian, that oh. mega hit that came out last year. This thing is going to be called Weapon. Okay. Um, it's going in production like two or three months, and it's being described as a multi and interrelated story horror epic. Almost like, uh, you ever seen Magnolia? It's almost like a, yeah. um, I guess kind of an anthology. 
Okay. Like interwoven stories. Right, yeah. right. But um, I guess that's that's, that's looking. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and and I know that we're going to be doing Barbarian here very very soon. So I I can't yeah. wait to see that. He's like a one word name kind of guy. It seems so far with his movies, right? Yeah, Barbarian, Barbarian and this one's Weapon. called Weapons. Weapon. Hey, oh, sometimes simpler is better, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's well, like cool. Jordan I look Eel. forward to that. Get out. Nope. Us. <laughs> For some reason, the first time I heard the title, I don't know why, but my mind went to the movie Upgrade. I was just like, I just thought of that for a minute. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with that movie. I know of it, but I haven't yeah, seen okay. it. I've, I've never seen it, but I've heard Only about it. Only 1L, right? Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. interesting. And okay. uh, you told us about this show, The Last of Us. Yes, I wanted to talk about this. Okay, well, go talk. ahead. Talk. It's got it's three episodes out right now, and it's yeah. so good. Um, the third episode just aired, and everybody's talking about it. It's just really, really good. The third episode kind of slows down a little bit and focuses on like two characters, one of which is in the game, but um, you only know a little bit about his backstory, and this this episode has fleshed that out mm. uh, a lot further, which is very interesting. Um I don't want to. I really don't want to give much away about it. Just I recommend watching it if you have HBO. It's really well, good. I'll, I'll spoil something. It's okay. gotten renewed for a second season. Yeah, so. that I know. Oh, yeah. So wait, hang on. What's the premise of this show? All right, so it's kind of like a zombie outbreak, uh, infected type type of story, but um, it deals with a fungus called cordyceps, mm. which basically there are they're they're a real thing. Um, they infect insects a lot um and what they do is like through spores they'll go into their and like grow in their brain and sort of take over their mind and and make them do things so like if it infects make the it, insects it, do things yeah like it'll make an ant once it's infected crawl like up on a stalk and then like to a high spot where it can then the spores will come out of its head and grow out of its its skull and then like they blow up the and the fungus will like transmit more spores so it tries to go to a higher elevation so it can transport the spores further right and in fact that's disgusting it is <laughs> no, i don't so, like this <laughs> so the concept is like well what everybody thinks like well the, the these cordyceps can infect human beings mm. but at some point in our history it, it ends up happening in this in this alternate you know universe um mm. and basically like the world just like is over in a, in a fraction of like a week jesus uh, christ and it and it and then we go, you know, we go ahead in the story like twenty years. Um, mm. And it's it's a character study. That's the cool thing about it, though. Like the outbreak and all that stuff is a backdrop, but it focuses a lot on this one character and the girl that he meets. Um, and that's really it. And they come across some other characters. Mainly, it's a smaller story. It's not like The Walking Dead, where they're going to meet like twenty five different people mm-hmm. and bring them all in. It's not like a, a big community kind of kind of story it's more about these small this small group uh mainly joel and ellie which is it's it's to be honest like i wouldn't let it being a video game steer you away from it's got fantastic writing just the game in general and then like mm-hmm. the creator of the game one of the creators is working with the um the creator of um chernobyl oh yeah shit, so that shit was yeah, brutal yeah, yeah it's, it it's got some of that in there so it's it's really good so it far. sounds a little but, like annihilation uh yeah or there's actually a scene in annihilation that reminds me of you remember the scene in the pool where the person looks like they've flowered they've kind of been like stuck to the wall and opened up as if like mm. flowers and plants like grew out of them or whatever that's what mm. the cordyceps sort of look like because there's stages to the infection 
So the first people that get infected are just like they're just violent and they look more human. And then as they grow, grow the, the cordyceps more, they come out of your face, they blind you. And there's variations called clickers, which like use echolocation to see. Uh, Jacqueline, you're recoiling. This is gross. This, it this is, is gross. Just gross. I'm really, so grossed out just hearing you talk about it's it. It's really cool, though. <laughs> and it's just a cool take on the infection sort of story, which is only, you know, you get those once in a while. Because yep. it's definitely a genre that's over, you know, yeah. overdone. It's oversaturated. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. Well, I, I welcome a creative, you know, a new creative take on something, something that's not yeah. the same old, same old. So that's cool. That's and Pedro cool. Pascal's I don't, I don't know if it's going to be for me. Who? Cool. Pedro Pascal. He plays Joel. What would I know him from? I don't know. You don't watch The Mandalorian, right? So that he's in that. He's been in Narcos. He was in Game mm. of Thrones. Mm. He's been in a lot of stuff, but most of it's stuff mm. I don't think you've seen. Yep. He's really good. A the, movie, most of the women consider him a hot daddy. So, oh, yeah. Well, maybe I need to find out who this is. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> maybe he's I'll have to start watching the Mandalorian. <laughs> I have I have a stable of lovers <laughs> waiting. Yeah, maybe Joey will give you a whole pass or something. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, that's so, all news. Oh, uh, can I add a new story real quick Please? that I just found out about? So, my friend Megan um, texted me recently friend of the show uh, yes a great friend of the show she's a, a regular listener and a good friend of mine for many many years um she texted me that <laughs> our good buddy rob zombie and alice oh. cooper are going on tour coming up very soon um and they will be in florida in august so yeah tickets go on sale friday february 3rd so that's this friday at 10 a.m local time on live nation so yeah, it's it's the Freaks on Parade tour, and in the past, Rob Zombie's been on tour with like Mar- it's usually Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson that he pairs up with. But I kind of have a feeling that Marilyn Manson's yeah, career is on a very very long pause at best right now. Yeah. So, um, but I'll tell you what, I kind of like the the Rob Zombie Alice Cooper matchup better. I do too. So, I would actually go to that. What about well, Spider come, One? Come to Florida. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be like I don't know carrying their baggage or something. So, yeah, August 26th, they'll be in Tampa. August 27th, they'll be in West Palm Beach. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, Sweet. so I, I think it would be rad if uh, Megan and I can make that happen, but if anybody mm-hmm. else can make it too. John, this road week. trip? Yes. Yeah, Come down. cut above road trip. Yay. And then we, we'll, we'll try to get backstage middle, passes and, and tell tell Rob himself that we talk about him all the time. He knows. He listens. He already knows. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. We have him on hey, speed Rob. dial. What's up, Rob? I love your movies and your wife's acting is excellent. <laughs> I am not going to add to that. I'm trying to schmooze, guys. We need some sponsorship. Come on. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Yeah, Rob and Sherry. Oh, you know, old Rob and Sh- I. In fact, I call him Bob. Bob oh and Cher. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be expanding rapidly pretty soon, and it's all thanks to the backing from Bob and Cher. Bob and Cher. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a couple that you would have living next door that ha- offer you like lemonade on a on a porch. Yeah, they they probably Bob would. and Cher. They kind of are that couple. That's the funny thing. It's like they yeah, actually they are. are really nice. They are. Yeah. They've been married for like 500 years. Like yeah. they're very in love with each other. I think they're vegetarians or vegans. Yeah, yeah. They are. And they're just like chill. They're big on animal rights and like. stuff like yeah. that. So they are. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of like any real life scandal. Except his movies. <clears throat> oh my God. Stop that, John. <laughs> We're trying to get a sponsorship here. 
Oh, that's right. I, I have, I'm trying um, to get a three-way out of this, okay? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hey. Dang. Hey, now. Anyway, moving yeah. right along. Uh, so this film, John. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose the menu for us? Well, we had we had a couple of options to pick. And I chose this one because it was on my list of something to watch. Uh, like I said in the past, uh, Hydroberg made my New Year's resolution to watch newer movies and get more. And I think I've done a good job. So it's the menu from last year. And oh boy, do I have some thoughts. Oh, great. Awesome. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. No, I, I think this was a very good accomplishment on your part, choosing something newer. Yeah. So, bravo. Applause to you. Those are good reasons to pick it. Um, and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. So should I share what, what our original thought was? Like when we first started doing it last year, early late last year, when we started making it into January, it was the monsters. But remember, it was supposed yeah, to be. Oh, this Saturday. was the week that was supposed to be it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of old Bob. Old Bob and Sheriff. My I got Bob. really happy when I saw that change on the Google Doc. <laughs> okay. Good. Spreadsheet. I was like, yeah. I wasn't actually. I still want to watch that just to. You like, haven't seen it. Just to experience the 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 horror and not in the way that's <sighs> intended, but like the horror of just what it is. Is it still on Netflix? I, I think so. Some people really so. liked it, so I mean, who yeah. knows? You might enjoy it. Well, and I didn't grow up on the series. I've only seen a couple of episodes of the series, so I don't know. But I, you know, I've heard people's complaints about why they didn't like it and they sound extremely valid mm-hmm. but you know it's i i never don't watch something just because everybody hates it and i never do watch something just because everybody loves it like i just want to see as much as i can and make my own opinions but yeah exactly um, but anyway so I'm, I'm glad that we landed at the menu for this week it was you know easy to access and uh i think there's a lot of good stuff to talk about so i, th- I think it was a great choice thank you so John, you want to decide whether it fucks or sucks? Oh, this movie fucks. This is like one of those one of those women that you see and you wouldn't think that it would be a wild ride because <laughs> maybe a little too too arrogant, um, too stuck on themselves, but no, this was fantastic. This movie was dope. Okay. So it fucked big time. How about you, nice. Jacqueline? A big time fuck from John. Yes. Uh, I I would agree that it fucks. It's like a, it's like a what eight or nine course fuck. It just goes on and on and like a, <laughs> it's like a sting tantric style fuck with just you know, just got to get through all the courses. Yeah. Hyderberg. Ah uh, yeah, this is a this is a fuck. This is a fuck that tantalizes all the senses with an explosion of flavors. <laughs> that leaves you with a satisfied mouthfeel. Wow, I hope you ate some pineapple. Mm. You <laughs> cleanse the palate. I got that pineapple joke, by the way. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, uh, John, you want to hit us with the spoiler warning so that we can get into the details? Absolutely, yeah. We will be talking about the menu from 2022 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause podcast. I think from the sound of it, you definitely need to go watch it and then come back to find out what we thought about it. I think so. Um, I was messaging with Steven from Spoils of Horror the other day, and he was like, oh, you know, I'm curious about this movie. I'm interested in it. He said, are you guys covering it? I said, yeah, we're recording. Um, 
I said, but for once, you might want to actually watch it before listening to our episode on it. Because I don't know if you want to spoil this one before watching it. So, Agreed. Yeah, I'm so I feel like it doesn't really matter. Seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. So, but yeah, so I, I think this is probably one that you don't want spoiled. That's just my <laughs> that's just my guess. <clears throat> Not at all. So well, Hydraberg, you spoil us every week with a delightful reach around. I do you have did. one for us this week? Yeah, I cooked you guys up a reach around. <laughs> How many puns Recipe can we get in for tonight? destruction? Should I just I'm blow ready. up my puns right away or hold on to some of them for the rest of the okay. just 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 blow the wad right away. Just All just right. yeah, just get cooking. Yeah. Oh. Right. Nice. Nice. All right, you guys ready? Yes. Eleven customers from all walks of life converge on an island for culinary delight. Six courses of terror of edible fright. A menu that has been painstakingly selected. A food critic's plate is thoroughly dissected. Making a chef of the future feel insensitively rejected. For all his career, he's tried to impress by giving birth to dishes like this evening's mess. It would seem like all is for naught. Chef Stoic's demeanor becomes overwrought as Margot she struggles to escape without getting caught. Yet all of them hire here for cuisine that is hot. This is just food for thought. Each menu choice leaves you increasingly distraught. A panache for theatrics, all part of the show. So get your leftovers to go. That way you won't blow. Up a menu so tasteful you'll rise to your feet. A cheeseburger so good it might make you weep. Your final course has been served. Bon appetit. Very, very, Holy very shit, well that was done. so good. That was amazing. Really good, really good. <clears throat> so here, here was... You just have such a gift for wordplay. Damn. Yeah, you do. You really do. Thank you. I'm a so cunning good. linguist. A cunning. <laughs> <laughs> That's All the right. word around so, town. I... I, at first glance of this movie, I thought this was going to be very fart sniffy. Yeah. Uh, very, very up its own ass. But it didn't. It just had, it had such a night. Like it set off like this hoity hoity toity, you know, pacing of, you know, all these, all these people. And they were going on this boat. So they're, you know, they pay thousands of dollars to go eat exclusively at this island restaurant and i just thought that's what the movie was going to be but then man it it was fun it was a fun ride i like that boat ride too like you mentioned i think it's a good way to just because the film kind of just like starts right and like yeah the players are there and they're all starting to get on the boat and it's just like here we are and it just introduces us like very quickly to these people without revealing too much because we're going to get further into that later on in the movie right because that's right. part of basically what the plot's about right but I think it does like a good job of just sort of introducing them. And we center on Tyler and Margot's character in particular, which you feel like, oh, they're probably our main characters that we're supposed to focus on or or like like kind of latch on to, um, which I feel like you kind of do with Tyler at first. Um, I Like you want to believe him and Margot. I feel like they have something, even though we don't really realize like, the situation between them at the point, like you, I, I thought they were just dating, like newly dating, not too long. So they were still getting to know each other. And he was kind of introducing her to this world of his. And she's like, sort of like, well, I don't know if I'm into that, but he's like, well, I'm going to, I'll take you along and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to convince you. And so I kind of like that. it. There's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And he gave a little bit of that. Like when, when they first got to the Island, 
and asking names or actually didn't the didn't the hostess know his name and you are you know asked who she was and you are yeah she assumed that it was the ex-girlfriend at first she's like oh nice to meet you miss westervelt and he was like oh no this is awkward yeah Yeah, they get awkward yeah and so like i you do see like early on and like he's a little controlling about Mm -hmm. the situation but at first i took it as like well he's just fucking nervous because he really wants tonight to go like he's such a super fan that he just wants everything to go flawlessly and he wants to impress his new girl at the same time. And so like, you're sort of just like, okay, you know, I get it. He's sort of just nervous, but. And that, that turned on its head immediately yeah. into the movie that, that yeah. it wasn't about her. He just no. was trying to keep up with, you know, the, the presentation of having a girlfriend, yep. you know, when find out that she's actually a call girl, you know, mm-hmm. pa- paid for everything. And, and, you know, he's just so starstruck by this chef <laughs> that it, it wouldn't have mattered if she was there. Yeah, he's like, a... that's the thing is, like, he doesn't, like, he's not trying to impress her at all. She's no, literally no. only there because he can't, like, you can't have a, a reservation for one. And he just needs a warm body. She's basically. not even, like, arm candy. Like, he doesn't even use it, like, use her, like, in that aspect either. I know, like, she's so fucking gorgeous. Like I know, so oh, I'm yeah. just, like, he's ob- so obsessed with the food. Yeah, it becomes evident well, and like, the right chef. off the bat once they get there. He's obsessed with the food, but also the chef. And, the chef, and he like yeah. desperately wants Stupid. his approval. It doesn't want to oh, piss yeah. him off. And he's like the ultimate fanboy, you know? Like, he's I, like- I, I loved the acting in this movie. Even Nicholas Holt's character was like, it, it was he was such a dweeb and, and just a <laughs> fanboy that, that you're like, man, what an asshole. You're, ju- you're just a piece of shit. But he played it so well. And Anya yeah. Taylor-Joy nailed it. Fucking Ray Fiennes, man. Oh, it's Chef's weird. Kiss. Ray Fiennes is he? He doesn't go by that anymore, though, right? Because like, well, everything I looked when I Google him, it's Ralph Fiennes, right? But like, I, I used that's to think how... like, oh, it was Ray Fiennes his brother? But it's not. It's Joseph Fiennes, I believe, is his brother. Yeah, right? that's his brother. So but, I'm that's like, how you pronounce it, right? It's pronounced it's Ray like Ray. Yeah, okay, because then Ray, I started I thinking, know. well, maybe he changed his name and kind of stopped going by that, and then so everything else with his name in it has changed over time. Well, then I was like, is this a Mandela effect where I just used to think his name <laughs> is Ray Fiennes? No, you're, no, you're right. His name is spelled Ralph, but it's yeah. pronounced, it's okay. either Ray or Rafe. I don't know which. Okay. Because okay, I always, because okay. I never say sense. his first name alone. I always say it, Ray Fiennes. Because okay. I was like, well, maybe he just stopped going by that name and like everything else with his name in it has changed over time to reflect that. No, it's, it's always been spelled that way. But God help me if I have any idea why it's pronounced that way. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, yeah, so like Tyler's obsession is so full, like he can't even enjoy the moment with this beautiful woman at his table. Like he's literally just consumed by the food. He's like the Uber fan yeah. to the point where like he's almost like the fan that like Chef wants in a sense, but not not this obsessive. You know what I mean? Like at least he enjoys the food, like to the point where people are dying around him or getting their fingers cut off and he's still eating his <laughs> fucking steak. Like, he is so bowing down. So that's that's a really good point. And it's like, I do think that that kind of sets him apart from some of the other diners there, which is that, okay, I have to say he does sound really super pretentious when he's like, he's literally working with the materials of life and death. And it's like, okay, settle down there, you know, Poindexter. But (laughs) he but then he really does seem to be absolutely delighted by everything that he served. And so I don't think it's just pretension. And I don't think it's like, 
he's just like pretending to enjoy the food for some kind of status or whatever. I think he he seems to me to be like genuinely enjoying himself to the point that he really does not give a shit about Margot no. being there. Like he's not there for a date. He's there for like and he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So it helps. that That's why he's not shocked by everything. I guess he knows what's going on. If he's just still shoveling it. In. He doesn't care. So it's such a weird way. Like, oh, fuck it. I'll, I'll commit suicide by having this grand meal first. <laughs> Uh-huh. It was it, it was fantastic the way that was played out. And that. I love the fact because they could have so easily done this outlandish chef like Gordon Ramsay or some somebody like that or Guy Fieri and it's definitely not down USA. Like, yeah. But I love the way Ralph change your name, Ralph. Um I love the way he played very calm, very precise, but but you know, very anal retentive about his food about you know yeah. the way he has his his uh other cooks the way they plate everything the way they do that i mean it was it was very it was impressive to me to to see that absolutely mm-hmm. you touched on tyler he basically like dismisses like all other art besides cooking he's like yeah. you know painting and music fuck that they're just you know fucking around with instruments but this is <laughs> this is it and yeah. it's just so it's great to see that he thinks he's like so well versed in it all. But like when it comes down to it later with his downfall is like when he's given the tools to create, he doesn't he knows nothing when it finally yeah. comes down. To it. Like he can own as many Paco jets as he wants at his house, <laughs> which I love that part. Um, the Paco jet has a role to play in this film. It's mentioned several times. Wait, um, did you already know what a Paco jet was? I had no idea. I had to Google it. Oh, OK. Yeah, I'm just not as refined as you guys. So. I didn't know what it was. I'm not as refined. I still pick my nose with my index finger. Oh, nice. I'm not as refined (laughs) as you guys. Oh, yeah. Look at you with the wordplay, Mr. Reed. But um, yeah, so I love that, like, like that scene where he goes up to Jeremy and he's like, Did you create that with a Paco jet? And like, Jeremy knows who he is, right? And he's like, Oh my God, the guy knows who I am. And then Anya Taylor Joy's character, Margot, she mentions for a moment, it's, it's, it's a moment of dialogue that I missed the first time where she's like, you never asked his name, though. Like, you don't seem to care about the guy serving, right? You didn't bother. And it's like a nod to the whole, like, people that serve you. Do we ever really inquire, like, how are you doing? Who are you? Like, what are you all about? Like, no, you're just give me my fucking coffee and, mm-hmm. and leave me alone. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that mentality. I, I, I definitely liked it because she's works in the service industry. Mm-hmm. So she picks up on it right away. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, she's immediately aware of, like, the intense like gulf between the the social strata here yeah which makes her character more interesting at the end too i mean we'll get to it but i mean how she was able to finagle her way out of there you know just picking up little things you know one little picture that's what put everything into motion and she's like noticing a lot of things before anybody else is like when they first get in and the doors get sealed behind them. She notices that right away. She's sort of like, whoa, that, that's the exit right there. And they just sealed it up with this big door. And that's where I started getting Midsummer vibes, like right off the bat when I first saw this. There's like violin music that starts kicking in. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, they're really pulling those sort of Midsummer threads here. It felt like we're starting to see like it's a well-oiled machine, his kitchen, but it's also cultish a little bit, right? Like we're bad, starting to get little tiny nods to that. Which is normally what you do see in these kitchens. Like people, they listen to the chef. The chef is like the general. And every night they go to war, you know, and they make their fucking food and it's hot and crazy behind the scenes in the kitchen, but they get it done and 
But this place is weird because it's like a compound where they grow everything together yeah. and they live together and they take everything from from conception from the from you know harvesting all the way to cooking and slant and the slaughtering of the meat and all this other stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. I wonder are there any places actually like this? I have trivia about that. Yeah. I know there are some restaurants that are pretty upscale, like like there's a I went to one in Key West when I went on my honeymoon when I was previously married. Um there's one where you take a boat out to Key West and it's it's not hoity toity like that, but it's on an island. Hmm. So I love the hoity toity reference. Hoity toity. Hmm. It's hoity toity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Yes. Yeah. Um minus you know, everybody getting killed and assuming that money was no object, would you be interested in having a dining experience at this restaurant where like, you like take the boat out to the island and you have this like super high concept menu with the hoity toity and the mm-hmm. chef explaining every dish? And like, would you be is that something you guys would I do? think what you said the word you used experience is that's the key, right? Like you're, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for an experience more so than just like a full, you know, you're not going to get a huge steak. You're getting smaller portions of, you know, very concentrated meals of like creativity. Right. And like plate design, that's like, you're not going to find anywhere else. So money wasn't an issue. <laughs> if I pick my nose with my pinky and Anya Taylor joy was on my arm, then yeah, I'd, I'd go there. <laughs> okay all right i i would i mean i don't have a problem with it but you know again i'm a simpleton i i'll go to in and out burger and then that makes me happy but yeah if hypothetically if it was if money was not an issue to be able to experience something like that absolutely i mean i think that's what's good about this film though is that it straddles that line of like like the burger is an americana like meal right and like that's a big portion of this film at the very end. It's a big thing. Um, but it's, I feel like it straddles a line of like, it does comment on elitists and, you know, like people that indulge themselves and without being too pretentious, like the film knows it's a little pretentious. Like the idea itself seems a little pretentious, but it knows that. So it plays into that. There's some dark humor. There's some really intelligent wit at certain parts. And then when they do shock us all of a sudden with the horror, I feel like it all works really well. Um, the banter between Tyler and Margot keeps you going. The monologues that Chef delivers, they could be so overdrawn mm-hmm. in any other film. But in this film, they're so well written and they just work for his character. Right. Like I never felt like, oh, my God, here comes another <laughs> monologue of the next dish. I love the way it felt like a documentary almost where it yeah. says, you know, uh first dish, second dish, you know, Which are like it, the it, it, it would pop up on the screen and it was really it. It was right there, and I was like, oh, "It was like wow, a Tarantino that's... film, but instead of chapters, it, it was like exactly. yeah. here's the yep. dish and the ingredients, like the, the markers throughout yeah. the film, yeah. and they got kind of hilarious at the end. It's like Tyler's bullshit, yeah, undercooked <laughs> lamb, <laughs> you know, inedible leek and shallot <laughs> sauce. Um, Are you guys like talk, utter talk lack a, of cohesion? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You talked a little bit uh, about elitism and these kind of people that feel a little entitled to be here mm-hmm. when. More Tyler got thrown into the kit, literally thrown into the kitchen to cook something. He choked. He he got the he got the most pretentious things. Uh, what was it? Leeks. Yeah. Instead of Shallots. an onion, he got um um what's a what's a shallot? The shallot. shallot. Yeah. And then he says uh, butter and 
lamb. <laughs> I liked yeah. how Ray finds is just sort of like, oh, wow, a, a dicing method that we've never thought of before. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And see, yeah. that's where it really could have gone into the Gordon Ramsay thing, just to you know, a little gut punch to everybody, like, ah, ha, ha, I see what we're doing there. No, he was very, he was very calm. Mm, yes, all right. And then he eats it, and he goes, "That was really bad." Yeah. <laughs> and well, that moment where Tyler is watching, hopefully, to see what Chef is going to say, and he looks so like hopeful, and when he starts to say that, this is really quite, and mm. it looks like he's ready to receive this praise. I mean. It's like hilarious because he's such a fool. And then to see his face fall when he's like quite bad and his face just crumbles. And it's like, it's a little tragic, but I'm sorry. It's also kind of hilarious. And then he whispers to him, which I'm assuming yeah. you should go kill Whispered yourself. something to him. And I, I, I wondered what it was because well, he, he, he got tears in his end. eyes yeah. and he, he hung himself. And, he's like, yeah. and he goes, yes, chef, and kind of shuffles away. Yeah. But I, I think said, I'm, I'm sure kitchen. he said something about like, go kill yourself like <laughs> yeah. you know like i wouldn't doubt it well because i mean you know he knew what he signed up for so i don't you know maybe he didn't know how it was going to happen but he knew he was going to die so i guess he was like well i guess that's it such an odd thing to just sign up for that's my one thing that seemed a little off was just like he must have been really off psychologically though because to know that you're getting into this and like not be phased by any of it as it's going on like people are screaming there's like people are starting to panic and you're just fucking eating your potatoes and your bone marrow like it's. Well, so because he knows it ahead of time, yeah, I, I guess that there's nothing shocking there to him. But my question, well, I have two questions, actually. One. Why would Chef confide this in him ahead of time to begin with? And two, I guess to lure him in. why was he willing to do it like why was he willing to die know. so that he could eat this meal with a chef like that? I get that he's like the biggest fanboy, but God damn. Yeah, I guess it does kind of speak on fanboyism sort of though of uh, people or like these foodies that like, you know, like he thinks he knows so much about cooking or mm -hmm. every moment of this, this chef's life and what he does and how he does it. But then when he, when it comes push to push comes to shove, he can't do any of it really. Yeah. yeah, and that was the major think theme. This of guy it. would be like cooking along at home too, you know, so he could prepare a meal himself. Because some of these guys that are into these shows are like that at home too. Like they can yeah. cook for themselves, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Um, feel like yeah, like do whatever you see on TV. I, yeah. I, I love the fact that it was focused on that, but I would have loved a little bit more of everybody that was in there because there was a lot of interesting things going on, like with the tortilla thing. Uh, the tortilla scene. I love Taco Night. Um, yeah. That was that was that, such an interesting like, idea. It was so much fun because he, he was revealing everybody's dirty little secrets on tortillas. That was yeah. great. Can I just say one of my favorite moments in the movie? Just uh, like there's so much humor that I did not expect in this movie, but there were so many humorous moments and like These so when they first when when she when they first serve and the like tech bros call over Elsa and they're like, "Excuse me, like what is this?" and she's like. These are tortillas. Yeah, tortillas deliciosas. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> but I just laugh so hard. And then she just tortillas leans into it even further. Yeah. yeah actually, speaking on Elsa, she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she was great. She's she like so stoic. Yeah, yeah, she is scary. But and just like you can tell that like she's so stoic and like calculated the whole time. And it's like a pleasure to her to 
I don't know. To, like, it's a pleasure to see her later, like, unravel a little bit. Um, like, you could tell she sacrificed a lot to follow Chef. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she just, she loves this guy, you know? And that's oh. why she gets kind of butthurt later when she, for some reason, thinks Anya Taylor-Joy is going to replace her. Yeah, well, she goes fucking ape shit on Anya. Like, yeah, she feels a little you're betrayed not gonna by replace Chef, me. Like. She's, like, attacking her with a scissor or something. And Yeah. But, um. I love when she denies them of the bread, too. Mm hmm. Uh, mm hmm. Because I, I just I wrote down the the money men, the, the fuck boys, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. boy. I love it. Let's go with that. I like. Yeah. When he asked, uh, do you ever get burnt out? And she says she replies, chef holds himself to the highest standard. And so do we. We never burn anything unless by design to make delicious. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> really that was like... a good line. That's so good line. the yeah. older couple, especially because uh, Ju- everything burns up at the end. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, the older couple with Judith Light and the older guy. The guy was having an affair with or or, or had a tryst tryst with, tryst with um Anya Taylor Joy, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's more fucking dark than that. It's like she's like a stand in for the looks, daughter. Exactly. And then what was his fucking oh shit. his ask of her was to jerk off in front of her while she told him how much of a good man he was and how great he was and stuff yeah. like that. And say that you're my daughter. Say, yeah. say that you're my daughter and that you like, love what me. what the and fuck, that- bro? Well, obviously, wow. to me, that, that suggested that there's like a broken relationship there between him and his daughter and like, or maybe she's dead. I don't know. Like, yeah, because they say like they have a conversation about the daughter earlier where he, she's like, why are you? Why is she staring at you? And um, I think one of them is like oh don't you think she looks like claire and the other one's like no she does not look like our claire mm-hmm. right. <clears throat> so that's how and you I, I guess how you pick up that's the daughter but um and then he know, got his wedding ring finger whacked which, off yeah i love that because it's so symbolic of like yeah. of all the hands fingers that they're going to take off they take off the wedding ring because he's unfaithful well and you mm-hmm. said that you said how stoic she was when she does pick up the wedding ring she goes here's your husband's ring yeah so one of the things about Elsa is that like most of the time the language that she uses is kind of like the typical like pleasantries that like a mater d would give you or whatever but like her manner is very cold mm. right from the get go like it is not like it's not the hospitable tone or like warm energy that you would expect from somebody who's like you know kind of shepherding you through a like a four-hour meal you know like she's saying the right words but but i think her demeanor is very like detached and and distant and unpleasant it is and that's funny that you mentioned yet it is very much like mater d type language uh the cadence kind of of like how how they speak but like you said the tone is different yeah, like she says things like, you know, we we endeavor to make your time here as pleasant as possible. and all, But like there's no warmth or hospitality from her. There's not any real effort to make people feel comfortable. Like if anything, she does the opposite. Like, I mean, pretty early on, she's like not really suffering any fools among these people. No, and, not at all. She puts um, them in their place right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the after the tortilla exchange, the guy's like, come on. Or no, 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 the bread thing. He's like, come on, just bring us some bread. And she leans over and she's like you will eat less than you desire, but more than you deserve. And you're like, what the that. fuck? Why would you I fucking know, say man. that? I like, was off with this bitch. That's what I would have been like. Fuck this. We're out. Give me a boat. Yeah. I, uh, 
I definitely love. Yeah, I think she's awesome as far as a character. I feel like that's her job too, is to like keep everything disciplined in uh, the dining area. You know what I mean? And keep all for the keep the customers happy per se on a normal night. But this is a special night. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. So I'm sure on a normal night. Yeah. I would imagine on a different night she's probably different. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is something else. She also seems like one of the few that is like super into this plan. She's like, fuck it. Yeah, let's kill everybody. Whereas like <laughs> that one uh, woman, I forgot her name, but the one who um, later on made the dish um, man's folly. Yeah. Um, she seemed like she was a little hesitant. You know what I mean? She she was having some emotions, at least about it. Right. But I feel like it was also her idea to kill her. Yeah, it was oh, her yeah, idea. I didn't, fe- I didn't yeah. feel that. Well, I there's a moment where she breaks down, but I don't know if that was just because she was kind of getting what she wanted in her in her normal life that she would have lived if she hadn't, you know, gone along with this plan where like she was being, you know, praised for her dish. And as a cook, there's a moment where she cries and leans over. Yeah, and I guess I kind away. of thought that was her pretending. I, I guess. I, I don't know why I thought that. That was an interesting moment. I, too, didn't take that I like that scene. She did say, Oh, that would have meant a lot more. Yeah. In the past or something like that. And to the food. Lillian critic. is, is, is playing towards her. Like she's trying to save her own life. And then, right. Realizes it's like, fuck it. It's not working. Just give me some more of this wine. Let's drink. Which I kind of like that scene because I like that the men are meant to be like, hey, go and fucking try and see if you can get away. If you can, you know, we'll let why you do, live. Why do you think that happened? Like, why do you I think the know. men were given an opportunity to escape and not the women? Just I don't to see who would maybe because like Tyler doesn't. But it's not out of like him trying to be like honorable and like oh i'm not going to stand by my woman he literally wants to eat the rest of the fucking courses he doesn't <laughs> want to miss any food well when he peeks in the back, window like, later on when the, like, yeah when the women are in there he's peeking in the window like yeah a he wants to going, know what the fuck they're getting to eat what's going on him. right and the rest of the men are like well fuck it i'll, I'll send for help i promise my, you know my favorite guy was the magazine writer guy sitting in the chicken coop and they gave him like a I don't know, like a Some tea kind or of something egg. like that. They gave him a special, yeah, because he was with, the last to be yeah. found. I like that they had a special. That was funny. He's yeah, just, he was okay. like the producer of Jillian. I mean, uh, Lillian. Yeah. He was like her producer or something like that. Okay, but like, why was his staff so able to like easily hunt down all the men they who like ran away? Like, they seemed like they were like, yeah, they seemed like military like mercenaries guys, not just, like, in the cooking industry. Cooks, you know, yeah, like they got right. a forty-five second head start. That guy was hiding in the chicken coop, silent as anything. I'm like, and I love that the, these people? like, like when the men, realistic. the men go and run for to try and save themselves. They end up like leaving the women. They're kind of told to at the same time though, because it it seems like even when Tyler wants to stay behind, uh, Chef is like, no, yeah, you, you have to go also, but um. And I like how the women kind of go inside and they have their little like side like talk. They sit down yeah, they and kind of just resign. They're like, well, yeah. As well and they kind of come. They all kind of drop the bullshit, the axe or anything like that. And they're just sort of like, how do you know my husband? And she's like, well, fuck it. I'll just tell you. I'm going to light up a cigarette. And everybody just kind of lets their guard down at that moment. And I kind of like they they kind of they kind of like they succumb to it. And they're just sort of like, I think we're going to die tonight. So fuck it. Like, I'm going to put all the cards on the table. And I kind of mm-hmm. like that little moment in juxtaposition to the men just running around like fucking r- lunatics. Don't run next to me. Get away. <laughs> Go over that way. <laughs> Stay away. I, from lo- me. I love when John Legazamo takes off and he hands, he hands the jacket or whatever to his assistant. He's like, I'm sorry, you know, I'm awful. Yeah. <laughs> and then he pulls a hammy. <laughs> yeah. And I do like oh. that. We get to see all everybody's intricacies as, as a couple courses go by, like slowly. First we get everybody, they get comfortable. They get seated. They get their first course and then 
we start seeing some of the banter between them. We see like Leguizamo's issue with his assistant. Uh, we see the married couple who are just so indulged in their own shit and just sort of like, they just come here for status. Like they don't even remember any of the meals they've ever had here. Right. Um, and they're, you know, they have the husband's in, you know, his infidelity is a thing, uh, an issue that she's probably well aware, aware of, but in denial of, and this, this kind of helps her come to grips with it. And did you notice like, there's a moment later where, I forgot her character's name. Um, the woman from Who's the Boss? Judith, Judith Light. Light. Um, her, Mrs. Lee Brand. Yeah. I don't know her she name, like her thanks the chef when they're finally going to die. She's like, yeah. thank you. What do you make of that? He's I don't like, know. We, it's weird. And she also is... shoes Margo away. Like, just go. You're like, go. Yeah. Fuck it. You got she out. It doesn't like, seem like she specifically did anything so bad. Like the worst thing she did was like not remember the dishes that she had. But, and probably just indulge her fucking husband who's a dick. Like, yeah, that's like I'm not sure main, if she's really sort of, to blame. Yeah, which sort of sucks because it's like you married into it. Like she seemed like a decent person. Yeah. Possibly. Like he seemed like the one who had the, the worst um injustices on any on anything. Like he just seemed like a dick. Yeah. And obviously it's some kind of weird fucking like pedophile. Yeah, some Weird. I, don't I don't know, know about that. I, I feel I don't like know it's more like it. a. I don't. I don't know that it was like a sexual Incestual. thing about his daughter. I, I don't even think it was that. I think like the the like masturbating while having Margot like pretend she was his daughter and say like I love you, you're a good man. I think or maybe he just didn't get. I don't that think that was daughter. like. I don't think he was like sexually turned on by her. I think he was like being gratified by the idea yeah, that because maybe he that never... she does love him that his yeah. daughter loves him even though this isn't his daughter but it's like the the fantasy that he's creating for it's himself very, yeah, it's, it's because the, whatever whatever has happened in real life is is fractured but um I, I don't hard. i don't know maybe i'm being too generous in my read on that but i i didn't feel like i didn't feel like very psychological so it's tough thing to... for his daughter i felt like it was more i mean i'm not saying it was like a healthy thing i'm just saying i don't think he's like a pedophile yeah you might be right it's like uh i don't know they like it's sexual in nature but there's other aspects to it besides just getting off like like you said it's more about the the being praised or or getting i don't know maybe being because he maybe his relationship with his daughter totally fell apart and he felt like a failure as a father so to have someone tell him that he's a you know a good dad and that they love him while he jerks off i don't know it's like for him, it's the best of both worlds, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, real quick though, I I really love the island and like the restaurant design, like the setting. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's like really good set dressing. It's very minimalist, but um, mm. I really like the way it's. I don't know, it like sets the mood as soon as they get there, like of isolation, because it's daytime when they first get there, but then it becomes night, and then it's like you don't know where you are on this island. You don't know how to get off, and I feel like that kind of starts like setting the mood as the shit hits the fan like you're not getting off this fucking island because you just don't know you don't know where you are you don't know how to where to start i didn't even think about the isolation but that's a great point but yeah, to where like you just compound. you don't yeah you don't know where the hell you're going i mean even you get even when you have a 45 second head start to get yeah. away how are you getting off you're so isolated yeah and chef stoic even mentions i'm so surprised that most of you people did not try to get away more yeah, Almost as is. if like that was an option. Like people just threw away that option. I mean, did where they Margo really... figures out how to. Well, he's kind of right. Really... Yeah, they weren't really forceful with them. I mean, even the bodyguard guys, they weren't really pushing them around. They're just kind of back behind people them, just going gave oh, in right, eventually to their circumstances. 
You know, like when they say, like was was like, well, when the knives and forks come out, we'll just grab them. And they're like, wait, you want us to try? You think our knife skills are better than their knife skills? It's like, yeah, but regardless, you're going to die. So fight might for well your try. life. You know, you yeah. might as well try. Yeah. Well, he even says fucking... like, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. He even says like, honestly, you probably could have just something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, I thought was so darkly humorous. It's crazy. This is uh, a dope movie. It is. So I, I think this movie is saying some interesting things about like artists and creators being like at the top of their game and like at the top of their industry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, I listened to um, the light and shadow episode um, with our, our friend Nicole and she had Randy from straight chilling on and Randy. So Randy is known to have strong feelings about like the commercialization of art and like art being, you know, a means of someone earning a living and how like, you know, within a capitalist system, like, you know, you might be an artist and you want to create, but you also have to put food on the table. And so to mm-hmm. a certain extent, you you're play. controlled by the people who are paying you to do this thing um, and how it's like not great for the, you know, the purity of the art itself. Uh, and so he he really zeroed in on some things about this movie talking about that, which I thought was pretty, pretty smart. Randy's a really intelligent guy, but I kind of see what, see what he's saying. I mean, mm-hmm. art is subjective, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and these people didn't seem to appreciate the art of, of the, you know, how much time that this guy really spends planning out his meals and stuff like that. Because there was a picture that um, Anya Taylor joy found of the only smiling picture of Ray Fiennes, you know, it was him flipping a burger, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, there was an award or something like that that said like, number it was one, an article, but yeah, I oh, know it was a oh, an article. Yeah. 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 But it was a picture of him smiling when he was younger, the only yeah. time you see him smile. And then you see a little slight smile when he makes that cheeseburger later. Yeah. Which yeah. he so, hasn't been happy making food and, and correct. all that. He's even said that. Like that's right. that's mainly the mission statement for this whole thing is like you guys have sucked the joy out of this, especially the food critic was one of them. And and the foodies too, who try to take a, apart every element of cooking, even though they don't they don't actually know how to do it themselves. And they like he says, you take the mystery away. You know what I mean? I'm gonna create these like dishes the- that are supposed to be like art, and then you want to tell everybody how we do it. Yeah, go back to the bread thing when the douchebag yeah. saying, "Oh, can't we just get some bread, dude? This is your meal. This is yeah, what yeah. you paid for. This is my art." Like, don't I tell love... me how to do my job. Yeah, like, correct. I have designed this thing for you, so accept it as it is. Yeah. And he's like, "No substitutions at Hawthorne." Yeah. I love that uh, Lillian literally says, "Like, oh, did you see the um the emotion? It was it was split." <laughs> and then her fucking her producer who just regurgitates whatever the fuck she says. He just he's just a yes man. He's like, oh no, yeah, I noticed when they first brought it out. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're a fucking asshole, bro. Like you didn't notice anything. You're clueless. And she's like, well, and, and it doesn't that. matter. Like Chef it hears it, matter. right? And then several times, twice more after that, they bring her like a bigger fucking bowl of emotion. Twice they do. That's awesome. That's quite cheeky. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Hydroberg, you mentioned something a minute ago that I wanted to expand on. You were you were talking about the line where he says you've taken the mystery out of our art and i i kind of i think that the that this movie in that in that like vein is commenting on kind of all art in the time that we live in now where 
like nothing is really a mystery anymore. Mm -hmm. Like we watch movies, right? But we also have so much access to like the actors who play these parts. Like we know everything. We have special features on the movie. We know how it was made. We know all the alternate endings. We know what the previous iteration of the script looked like. We know all about Jennifer Aniston's like love life and, you know, Mm. all her personal business. And like, there is no mystery anymore. And it's not just movies. It's like everything. I mean, the, the, the information age in which we live, it's like we have such easy access to like information about everything. And so I feel like this might be a commentary on just the state of art these days that there is very little mystery. Absolutely. I mean, you could literally YouTube anything you want, right? I could Mm -hmm. YouTube hours and hours of video and then try and call myself an expert in the field because I look at other people doing it or how to's, right? But that doesn't mean that I am a fucking expert until I actually put paint to paper or knife to fucking meat. You know what I mean? Like, just like with Tyler's character, like it means nothing when, when you're actually put to the test. And then, oh, like you God. said, you're, you're taking away from these people that literally live to do this. Like, they love doing it. And also, I felt like we were commenting on how it speaks on, I mean, just like how it's like the joy being sucked out of something that you enjoy doing. It's like mm-hmm. a motif for this entire film. And it fits really well with the plot. And I, it's like a harsh reality, I bet, for like a lot of adults in all types of fields, like uh, creativity, you know, art, the arts, um, hospitality um and healthcare like people that do these things that literally like people want to be nurses like people that work at hotels a lot of people these these people that work at restaurants and hotels they enjoy what they're doing mm-hmm. like they maybe they don't always make the best living but they enjoy like the smiles that they bring to people's faces and and meeting new families and stuff like that and there's things that they get from these jobs other than just monetary value and like mm-hmm. people some of these people like in this film they suck that out of those jobs and they make those jobs just menial and like horrible to work at you know what i mean because you're always being criticized and like jacqueline said you know we see this everywhere and like you said heidelberg you you can go and watch thousands upon thousands of videos and read these books about what makes exquisite cuisine and then walk into a restaurant and be like well i know all about this and this is exactly how it should taste you know nothing about it you don't know what the chef's doing the sous chef's doing and the cooks that are in there they're just you know they're creating and to me, it, art is subjective and it's, you know, an artist is so many different people in so many different careers, you know, graphic design, a painter, an actor, a singer, a chef, you know, yeah. a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And so it's interesting that you said that just now, John, because it's like what we were saying about art and being beholden to the consumers of your art. Like if you're getting paid to do it to some extent your art may be like compromised mm-hmm. by the need to make a living at it. Correct. And so yeah. like, you know, not everybody is going to want to pay you for your pure artistic vision, especially if it's like a little abstract or off the wall or surreal or something. It's like people are going to want what they want, but it, I think it doesn't just apply to the arts. I think it's like really almost any industry. Like if you're mm-hmm. getting paid to do something like, there, there are certain expectations for how that thing should be done. And whoever is like consuming your product or services either in reality does have some say in how you do it, or at least thinks they do. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, even if you're working just customer sure. service, there's, there's always yeah, somebody out there who's a like, service. let me speak to your manager. Cause I think what you're doing is wrong or something. Right. It's like, they're just following the fucking rule book 
or um, you said teachers, John, like, um, you know, talking, taking some current news stories there in certain places, there are waves of parents who want to dictate what books you can have in your classroom. And it's like, they think, you know, I pay my taxes and therefore like, you know, I, I want to approve every single material you have in your classroom. And so I think it's like almost anything that, that you're getting paid to do in, in a, in an economic system like the one absolutely and you're, you're providing a service and some people think when they're paying you for that service somehow they own they have ownership over you somehow like like this hon this is just a job that i'm doing i go home to my family and my friends and whatever life i have outside mm-hmm. of this job but for some people to like you said they uh, let me speak to your manager like some people complain mm-hmm. about nothing right and like you don't even understand the ramifications of what you might be doing to this person that you're complaining about you might cost somebody their job you know yeah. what I mean? Like Ray Fines, well, like, yeah. by the tortilla says restaurants that she has literally closed down with yes. her word of mouth just exactly. by speaking about something in a negative mm-hmm. light. She's yep. ruined people's careers. Correct. Yeah, and she totally. looks at it like, oh, it's a joke. It's just, you know, he's being funny. It's but no, he's he's literally saying like you have fucked up people's careers and ruined yeah. it. That's true. And she's like, oh, th- he's being playful. Yeah, oh, how being this, a it's fiendish, really. Like she's yeah. kind of amused by it. But and I mean, that's not to say that there aren't certain standards that should be adhered to. Like if I like if I order, you know, grilled salmon and they bring me a raw, you know, halibut, that's not great. No, it's not like there are certain things that you should expect, but there's a line, you know, past which you should not. Speaking of halibut, when he says to her about the halibut that they ate, he's like, it wasn't cod. It was spotted halibut. And you donkey. Yeah, you donkey. And she's like, what does it matter? It's the same. He's like, it matters to the halibut yeah. turning to shit inside your digestive system. Basically, the art that someone created is turning into shit inside of you. And you don't give you don't even care about the effort that they put into it. And that way, you know what? That was an interesting line when he says, like, this is turning to shit inside your gut. It's yeah. like, I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it before, but it's like, you know, a chef like this really is an artist. But their art does not last. No, it's and that's gone. Like crazy to think like, you know, a musician or a painter, you have some like artifact of the thing, like something that people can continue mm-hmm. to enjoy for like generations. But like a meal is gone in hours. It is. Mm-hmm. And that's why people take pictures of it. Right. But yeah, it also kind of speaks on Tyler's theory of like it is also not even just the art of plating and cooking, but the fact that these raw materials are taken from, you know, like from the ocean, from the bed of the ocean, or like, you know, the oysters are taken fresh or the, the, the produce is, is harvested, you know, the day of, or that Mm. meat is aged 152 days. Exactly. Like, so like, there's a lot of effort put into this art before it's ever actually put on the plate. Right. And so like, he is kind of right that there is a, there is a raw artistry to it. Like um, the way he obsesses over it is unnatural though. Like he shouldn't do that, but (laughs) yeah, true. Um, but yeah, like Ray Fines is right. And you're right. Like all this effort goes into this one fucking dish that you're just going to scarf down. You can't even remember what it was you had. And then you're just going to shit it out. Like, thanks a lot. (laughs) And then you might critique it. Like it wasn't even good. You know, like it could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. That that is heartbreaking to think of it in that way. Um, I thought it was funny too. when Lillian's like, they're talking and she's like, I don't know if she made up that word thoracic. I don't even remember if, if that was like a made up word. But um, I just like the first dish. She's like, the plating is very needy. It's like we're eating the ocean. Like, wow, what a fucking novel idea, lady. Yeah, you're eating <laughs> fucking 
What were they? Um, scallops. scallops. Right? Like, yeah, you are eating the ocean. No, no, duh. Like, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, the but way she you has said to it make sounds, it sound so yeah. foofy. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like we yeah. get it. The, the plate is needy. Yeah, yeah like, needy. what the fuck does that mean? It's thoracic. Like, just shut the fuck know. up. Eat your scallop. <laughs> your one scallop, and you. The... the food did look really good, though. The plating was excellent. Like, this, I like that steak meal. The mess. Yeah. Talk about the mess. Oh yeah. my god. Start with a cool the scene. And that's what that is where the horror elements start to really kick in. There's yeah. an ominous, right. like creepy vibe going on. There's a little bit of a culty-ish vibe uh going on. We don't know how far it goes. If you don't know anything about this film going in, you don't know where it's gonna turn yet. So you're sort of just like, okay, it's a it's about a chef. And then Jeremy blows his brains out. Um, which is and and that they make art out of it also, the way he's he's almost plated, right? Like Mm-hmm. They have those like little herbs around him, whatever they are. And yeah. Just his brains are splattered and everybody's in shock. Some people think it's theatrics. They think it might be fake. They don't know. Like, oh, no, this is his thing. Well, no, I, mean, no, I can understand that because it's oh, so outrageous. Yeah. It Ray Fiennes oh, actually says, oh, no, that's a part of the meal. That's the part of the yeah, meal. Yeah. And it's part of the menu, have... as they say. Well, I would I would want to believe it. if I were sitting there in that yeah. moment, it would be too horrific to think that it was real. And so if somebody tells me, oh, it's all part of the show. I would grasp onto that with a strong desire to believe that. I mean, I don't know if I would in that moment, that, but I mean, that bit I would definitely want to believe that. With Jeremy is like oh. so disheartening. It's like, oh, that's heartbreaking. He's really good. He's really good at his job, but he's not great. And he's never going to be great. He's never going to be me. And he wants to be me. Do you and want my Jeremy, life? Jeremy at <laughs> least says no. Like, I don't, yeah. like, I don't, yeah. he basically, he's not going to take anybody's life anymore. He's going to take his own. So, yeah. Um, I, I wonder, like, well, I was that plate created by Jeremy, or was it just inspired by Jeremy? I'm not like, sure. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't know. I love the the fact that they had plastic covering up. Yeah, the, they uh, draw kitchen. it in like curtains. And they draw it in like yeah, curtains. I almost feel like the entire course, all the courses, were designed by everybody and not just chef. You know what I mean? Like it was a collaborative effort. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. Was there a line something about like the the Jeremy creating the mat like this next? Or it was like Jeremy's the mess was or Jeremy's, like and then it says R. Inspired or something. Yeah, yeah. It says I can't remember. There was some Jeremy little in the title of yeah. the ingredients. Yeah. Oh yeah, it says, yeah. You're right. It says R. That, that, Jeremy. That yeah. was a cute little nod right yeah. there. It was pretty funny. Well, so okay, so can can we kind of get a little deeper on that? Like, because I think that speech kind of radiates out and has a lot to do with the whole thing where Julian is talking about like the intense pressure you mm-hmm. know that that he lives with and how over time he's like I've allowed my price points to go high and I think this kind of comes later but he's talking about like the life is like miserable of, of the work yeah. that he does that like you sacrifice your whole life yep. to focus on this one thing and it's not like a nice life you no. know and He's like Jeremy. These do you want people my just life and... disregard what he does as just mm-hmm. an event that they went to for one day, and they don't even yeah. remember. But there is also an awareness on Julian's part that he's at least partly responsible for his own misery. Yes. Like mm-hmm. there are several references to various events and feelings and things that have happened over the years. Like for one thing, he mentions like I have allowed my price point to rise to the point that only people of your economic caliber not mm-hmm. caliber of character but economic caliber can mm-hmm. afford yeah. to dine here and so like that is part like that's partly the problem and he says my restaurant is part of the problem yeah um he says near the end he's like 
I was a monster. I was a whore. But everything I do tonight is absolutely pure. Like mm-hmm. he recognizes that he was controlled by like the financial aspect to an extent. Right. I, I assume that's what he's referring to. That, Even like, takes to an the... extent he had to please the investor and do what you know he had to do. And Even takes the blame from um what was it, Soren's? I think the the other cook, the woman who creates the men's folly, man's folly dish. No, Soren is one of the Dubros. Okay. I forget um, the, I the other chef's name. name. Thought, but yeah, so there's a lot of characters, so I, I stopped taking yeah. all the all the names. That's yeah, some, me, me too. Um, but yeah, no, like she even says, like she airs out dirty laundry, right? Like he tried to fuck me several mm-hmm. times. He wanted to try and fuck me and I had turned him down several times and he kept like making advances, which was... And then he, you know, and then he owns, iced me out for eight months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he owns that and he apologizes and he allows her to stab him in the leg. And that's part of man's folly, right? Like, was, I feel like, yeah, was that that's when she cried, though, right? She stabbed him. And no, she cries the at the dinner table when she's oh, talking okay. to the ladies. But um, at first, I thought she stabbed him in the dick. I was like, oh, I thought so, too. It really looked yeah, like he it walked it off, too. Those little scissors, which remind me of us. Just little versions of the us scissors. They were golden. Yeah. But it's like he so he's like aware that he's partly responsible for his own misery. And I feel like there's there's something here about like repenting and like, but I feel like I don't know, I, I, I get like why the story ends up as it does for dramatic purposes. But it's like, dude, couldn't you just like kind of change your restaurant? (laughs) Yeah, like couldn't you just just like maybe open up up a burger burger or something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. that's where he was most happiest when he was making just like common people type food. You know what I mean? Like American Americana type. Just well, it's just yeah, like in the newspaper clipping, he's smiling. Yeah. Maybe that's he when didn't he was early on that. in his career. Yeah, but maybe he didn't even realize that about himself until Margot orders the burger, and by then it's too late. Like if yeah, he lets all those people go, they're going to obviously call the police, and he's done. So it's He'll too late by that point. So maybe he doesn't realize like that there's still something out there that would make him happy. Like if he could just leave this life behind of this like super high echelon, you know, dining scene and just like have a really great like burger chain or something, you know, like a regional thing, or I don't even just a single location, just something that like, he doesn't need the money anymore. Right. Like just do something that makes you happy at this point. But he does like to create. I mean, I I feel like that is part of who he is, but like, like you said, it's elevated to the point where like, in order to create the way he does, he has to overcharge and he can only get these certain type of clients. Mm-hmm. Was it me or he did anybody to... else crave a cheeseburger after seeing Absolutely. It was a delicious scene. That was an amazing scene. He also has to get into bed with backers like the, um, the angel guy, the uh, fallen angel, yeah. which was a dope scene. Mm-hmm. He's like, I wanted a burger after open that, through so. COVID. He's like, yeah, you did, but... This guy wanted to make substitutions and there are no substitutions, but there are because the burger itself is a substitution. Yes. Well, Margo is a substitution. substitution. Exactly. Can we touch on their relationship? Uh, Sure. First off, there's a knowing glance, not a knowing glance, but there's a glance in the beginning when she seats, when she sits that like, he's like, she does not fit. Right. She, he knows automatically. Mm -hmm. Uh, then there's that moment that they have in the bathroom, which I thought was an uh, interesting scene where it's like, well, he's sort of like coming into her privacy. She's trying very to very intimate. It is intimate, like, right? But like exchange, she's sort of yeah. like, yeah, it's it's an interesting exchange where he's like, listen, I just like I know that you don't you like what's your deal? Like you you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And, and 
you know, I put everything well, he just, yeah, he reads together. He gets he that whole right vibe. I thought it was really cool, a really slick thing because they all had candles at their table. And he was explaining that like his hands are so calloused right now from like the burns and stuff that he could hold a frying pan uh, and bring that it to your table thing. without without it hurting. And he puts out the candle. And <laughs> the person, uh, the way he knew that that Coast Guard guy was coming was by putting out that candle because he the Coast Guard guy knew exactly who it was and just used that gun lighter thing. Yeah, that was a, that was a funny scene. Um, <laughs> but I just so I like the back and forth of him and Margot. Because uh, we learn more about Margot. Eventually, we, l- we learn that her name's not actually Margot. I forgot what it was. Erin. Um, yeah, Erin. But she's only written down as Margot in the cast. Yeah. Um, a lot of them only have their first names written down, too. Um, mm. But yeah, she's, you know, he knows that something's up with her and that she she works in the service industry. He could tell, you know, he doesn't outright say, like, I know you're an escort. But, you know, she comes out basically and lets it known without saying it until later. Um and then I just kind of like how he sets like, well, I'm going to set this alarm. Like, I want to know, are you a taker or a giver? Um, and either way, you're going to die. Right. Mm-hmm. But do you want to die with us or do you want to die with them? You know what I mean? Are you with you, us or them? Yeah. yeah. And then but then he, he he like gives her opportunities to figure out how to get out of there. It almost seems right. Like, why does he send her for the barrel? You know what I mean? Like, why do that at all? Knowing I feel like, like it's almost like bringing her onto the staff and like bestowing trust upon her. Yeah. And like, but for a plan that was so thought out, why wouldn't the barrel have been there already? Did he move it on purpose? Like, because the woman Elsa was like, there was no barrel. Like, he never told me to go get a fucking barrel. I would have gotten the barrel. Like, I do everything he tells me to. She's so thorough. So, like, that barrel seems to be like the catalyst for starting the fire later, right? Like, yeah. It's yeah. on the table in front of the other chef um yeah it does seem like it should have already opportunity, been opportunity it, it gives her an opportunity to walk around the grounds and then get into his his house which mm-hmm. is so odd that his house is just the same layout as the fucking restaurant mm-hmm. there's a bed in the corner but the dining room and the kitchen like he literally lives and breathes this restaurant like that's where he feels at home almost is in the kitchen like mm-hmm. he has no real sense of home which is weird because I don't like some of the best cuisine you ever have is what home cooking, right? Mm-hmm. And home cooking is it's made with love that like it's as dumb as it sounds like the secret ingredient to really good food is love. When people don't put love into their food, you can almost taste it like and I feel like that's the point where he's gotten in his career was like he, the love of putting into his food is gone. Right. It's not. And there. that's exactly what they had a conversation about. Yeah. At the and you can tell end. he doesn't have love in his home. It feels right. like he had a very weird home life. It's also. very Spartan. It's yeah. Very, like utilitarian. And yeah. Cold. So like you could tell like in the kitchen when he was creating, that's where he felt the love. And that's where he was putting that love into those dishes. And then you don't see it until he's made the burger. Right. Yep. And so like exactly when right. we grow up, when we're young, our, our mother or our dad or whoever, like, we get home cooked meals and those are the meals that resonate with us the most. I feel like we remember them so well because there's love put in there. There's love when you sit down with somebody and enjoy that meal. And there's none of that in this restaurant. You don't mm-hmm. see any of it with any of these people. And none, none of them love each other. No, there's no, like they, there's like little moments of like semblance, like, but there's no real, like nobody loves anybody. Everybody's out for themselves or like, so, yeah, it's really interesting. I thought that was interesting. Just the way his like his life is on the island is like he doesn't have you'd think he'd go into his house and it would be like all these amenities and he would live like a king. But he doesn't. 
Nope. He lives on a cot, just like everybody else. And he, but he lives in, within the, the dining room and he has his little office and that's it. And that's where she sees the article about him as an up and coming chef when he was young. And then she sees the plaque with him and the burger. And that's mm-hmm. where we see the smile on his face. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, going back to the setting of the restaurant itself, it was very cold and it didn't yeah, feel it very is. welcoming. Uh, it was very regimented in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, that you have your particular station as a cook on there, on that line. Yeah. You got, you got this thing to do, very regimented. Same, same. I mean, that's the way it is, but it's definitely, like you said, it's very cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of warmth to the um, the setting at all. No, there's not. There's a lot of just straight, like, cut wood, like, like a lot of straight lines everywhere, metal and wood, and just, like, everything looks sanitized and, like, just, like, kind of brownish or... Yeah, it's horrible. Like, get some throw pillows, dude. The most color you <laughs> see is when they bring a dish to the table, right? It makes the yeah. dishes kind of pop. Well, and, and then Marco says, the even end, your too. hot dishes are cold. Yeah, which was a total, like, fucking burn bro <laughs> so i like i don't know it's weird uh like i like the um i like the burger aspect i like that she sees it but it also it, it was very telegraphed for me when i first watched it like i saw it coming i knew the burger was gonna be her out to get out of there once they show you that picture and he kind of talked about like he hasn't had any joy in making food in a while i knew mm-hmm. that like She's going to order a bird. Like, how else do you get out of there? Or at least try to, like, get on his good side is, you know, I kind of saw it coming. Like, not not like every step of the way, but I definitely saw that. Like, I guess they're trying to show you that early on just so you can kind of guess that. I I took it as a little bit of a negative, like not a big one, but just for me, when I first watched it, I was like, this movie has me on edge. where like, I don't know what's going on. And then once I saw that, I was like, Oh, this is a little bit predictable in a movie that hasn't been so predictable. But I mean, I it think... happens. But like, she asked for the burger yeah. very shortly after. It's not like a. It's not like you see the picture of him no, flipping the burger, like you know, a fourth of the way through the movie. I mean, maybe that would have like helped better. Five for minutes before the fact she... that she orders it directly right after is sort of just like okay, she's going to order the burger. Yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I she don't know if I, I just don't know if I see that as a drawback since it happened yeah. like almost immediately after. It's sort of like she she read between the lines and like there was an unspoken way of getting off. Like, I wonder if this way of work would have worked for anybody else or if it was just because she wasn't meant to be there. Because That's what I thought. I thought there the are no substitutions and the, the burger thing. is literally a substitution. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But the, I don't think that's the thing that she was not supposed to be there. So she didn't know. And it's like, like he treats her as a customer. Yeah. So he and she says, orders the okay, burger. Yeah. She wants to pay for it. Right. Yeah. She enjoys it. And then mm. the real trick was asking for it to go. Yeah. And I feel like that was like, okay, let me see if he'll let me leave. And if this is the yeah. way. To yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, so I, I think that she, so first of all, I think that it would not have worked if any, first of all, I don't think any other person in there would have had the balls to ask for a burger. I just don't think anybody yeah. would have done it, but if they had, I don't know that it would have worked. Yeah, you're probably right. Because I think he recognizes that she is, you know, he he kind of has this dichotomy in his head of like there are the takers and the givers, right? And he recognizes that she's somebody who gives. Like that's her the nature of her work is to like be mm-hmm. a giver and provide a service to people right. that other people take. And so she is we we see from the beginning that she is very in tune with other people. 
And like almost nobody else there is. Everybody's like you said is just out for themselves. Yeah, they're so. But she is aware of other people in a very like human way. Like just the simple fact of like, why didn't you ask his name? Like he knew your name. Why didn't you ask his name? Like that's mm-hmm. just basic decency, right? Like, but none of these other people have basic decency. So first of all, I think he recognizes in her that she is different from the mm-hmm. rest of them. And I think that her ordering the burger, like, yes, I do think it is like deliberately an attempt to save her own ass. But I also think it is partly a an effort to like give this other human being a moment of like connection with yeah, the joy that, that's been that lost. Yeah. What? Well, it's like what? you said, she's been giving, she's a giver, and like that's even her giving there was like yeah she's giving him a moment to enjoy cooking again yeah it's like she sees that that's so i i think it is both a selfish and selfless thing that she does i think there's like Mm -hmm. dual purposes there but like yeah it's the nature of her job right is to like zero in on like what somebody wants and give it to them right and tyler mentions like well nobody you, you don't fucking return a dish like you don't send back a dish so then i think she realizes like well, well what if i challenge him what if i send back a dish because mm-hmm. he's already noticed it like i'm not enjoying my meal i'm not eating my meal mm-hmm. and he said she said i'm still hungry because your meal isn't filling like it's not it's cold even your warm dishes are cold and he's sort of like what do you mean by that like he's challenged and that's mm-hmm. when she's like mm-hmm. He's like, well, I want something else. Love. And he's like, yeah. well, I can, what do you want? I can make you whatever you want. And then she comes up with the burger. And I feel yeah. like his eyes kind of sh- brighten up a little bit. And like you said, John, like he, like when he's cooking it, there's a joy to it. He's preparing yep. it so elegantly. It's just, it's just a burger, but he's making it the best burger she's ever going to have. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I And I love the way she was able to leave or get the to-go box because the, she, the way she said it is like, uh, well, I guess my eyes are bigger than my stomach. Can I get it to go box? I thought I, th- I thought that was like a really it. cute, cute way to say it, you know, instead yeah. of like, yeah. oh, I'm stuffed. Can I get it to go box? And he just yeah. goes, yeah. yeah, okay, like, mm-hmm. I, like okay. He thinks about He's it like, for a second. I don't know if this was an out that he knew would be, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna make this one loophole for people to get out of my situation, or it's just like, you know what? I it's like, I like where she's going with this, and I'm gonna play along. Like, yeah, okay. You can have it to go back. Like, I like the way she words yeah. it to go, right? Like, can I get out of here? Yeah. If I take I my burger, which I really enjoyed, and I only took a small yeah. bite out of it because Anya Taylor Joy is probably a vegetarian or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if she's like vegetarian. You know, it was really funny good, too. That at, the, at the very end, where she wipes her mouth with the menu. Yes. <laughs> so I have a I have a theory on the end also. Um, oh, tell me. Uh, so one thing, real quick before that, I just love that Leguizamo's character. <laughs> He's literally sentenced to death based on a film that he was in that the chef saw on his day off and he only has a couple days off. So when he spent his time watching this film, he hated it so much that he literally <laughs> wanted Leguizamo to be on the island for that. Like, yeah, man, that sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a little more than that. It wasn't. Ju- I mean, yes, no, he I hated the movie, yeah, but he's, it wasn't just that. He's it's a like dick. you it's like you've lost the passion for your art when you used to yeah, care you about now you just take and that's why you did films like this like yeah. it's like you're a whore basically you know i did like that him and his assistant sort of came to to grips with their relationship for a while like where she was like oh, I've, I've done you dirty and he's like I, i've already know i already knew you were stealing from me so sort of yeah. like i was letting you you know but then i also gave you a bad review but <laughs> o- almost to like keep you still as my employee like, because yeah. I want you still to be my employee, even though I know you were stealing. So it's a weird relationship. Did you almost think 
did you almost think she, that that uh, assistant was going to get let go? Because Ray Fines yes. asked her. It was he a goes, weird question. Goes, uh, where'd you go to college, Brown? Brown. Any student loans? Yeah. Nope. Still going to die. Sorry. So then he's like, that "Oh no! Hilarious. So you came from money? Is that what he's saying? Like, oh, you yeah. don't have any student loans? Like, so obviously you, you didn't fucking work suck because you don't. You don't. You're you're a taker. Yeah. You know. You don't um, have any student loans. The Paco jet is used later. Margot uses it to knock um, knock down Elsa during their fight, which I thought was just a cool um, little nod to the Paco jet. We zoom in yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, my it, theory it, like, was... It gives you a close-up. So on the ending, um, I mentioned on the burger and the plaque how I thought it just felt a little, like, I don't know, like forced, but just a little bit. That's my mm-hmm. first feeling. But it's still a cool scene. Um, my question was... Hold on one second. Uh, so uh, we get the the very ending. We get the um, the explosion, the reflection of Margot's eyes, which is a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, as was the ingredients of the meal, including it said clients, staff, and restaurant were part of the meal because they all blew up. Uh, but I was I was thinking, do we think there's a chance that the burger the burger that uh, Slowick makes Margot? is using meat that was surpassed the 152-day mark. Meaning that the burger that he served her was going to kill her. That it fit, like, she, like, because there's no supplemental meals, right? There's no substitutes, but this is a supplemental meal. But technically, he says there are none, right? So, like, even though he let her go and all that, what if he made, there's no, there's no definite that he did. But what if the meat that he used was the 153 day meat, right? <laughs> and so that the burger she ate tasted great. And then there's a moment in the very end when she bites down in it and there's like an ominous noise, like music tone, almost to be like, all right, she got away. But like, and then she's just going to enjoy this meal on and while everybody's dead. Or it could mean the burger's fucking tainted and she's going to die also because there's a look in her eyes. And it's so, I don't know if the film's, setting that up on like if we're supposed to think that at all but it was just something i thought of i Dude, so I didn't it's even so think funny about that. that you said that because i also, that up earlier on i i also noticed the the like little ominous music and there was like a weird look on her face for a second that i i have my own theory about that but i don't okay. think that he i don't know I, I haven't put thought into this i will think about it but my initial reaction is like i guess he could have done that like given her you know tainted meat in the burger but i just don't see a reason why he would have i feel like he felt like a genuine tenderness toward her and a genuine like desire to let her go like maybe a little sad but like i think i think he felt like she earned her way out or maybe he wanted her to think that she did and then ultimately she dies like everybody else Hmm. because everybody dies in this movie except for her i guess i guess he could have i just I I took his like his acting was so good like that the the way he looks at her while she's yeah. enjoying the burger like he looks so sincere and like um tender towards her like so I I don't know I I took that as but like he literally is waiting for her critique like with everybody else he just knows that like whatever they say he doesn't care because it, it's just like elitist bullshit you know what I mean yeah. but with but he, her right. it was he like he was genuinely interested like how do you enjoy your burger how is it you know. And is it satisfactory? And, she, you know, she says, yeah, it is. Uh, can I get it to go? And I sort of feel like, well, that's why he's sort of like, yeah, you can go. 
because you're going to die anyway because you ate this tainted mm. meat. I don't think that's necessarily what happened, but I like to think that that's a possibility. I'm wondering if that's a possibility that the filmmakers want us to think because they mentioned that meat earlier on about the what What if it goes that's past true. 152 days and then that's there's nothing, there's no payoff to that. So I'm just wondering. Yeah. If she I was just, given the meat from that, it's weird. I, I definitely think that's possible. I just, I'm not sold on the idea that he wants her to die anyway, even though, yeah. you know, he lets her go. I so I don't, I don't know, but I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. And then you notice that little tone, that little ominous like music while she bites down. What so was your theory I, on that? I read that differently. So yeah, she, she's sitting there at a distance. She sees the explosion. She's like enjoying her birth. She takes the menu and wipes her mouth. And then there's there's a brief moment where it seems like she hesitates and the music gets a little ominous, like you said, Hyderberg. She pauses for just a second. And then she takes another bite of the burger, but it almost looks like just the slightest bit ferocious the way she okay. bites into it. Because, well, yeah, everybody's so, dead and she's sitting here enjoying her burger. Well, but like, but there's almost like, Maybe this this language is too strong, but I don't I don't know how to tone it down. So I'll just say like, it seems just the slightest bit savage, the way that she like like she almost kind of like, okay. like bites well, she, into she it with a little, the aggr- night, you know? a little aggression. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder if, like the the question I asked myself at that moment, both times that I because I thought this both times, because uh, I watched it twice. Um, I almost wondered like. It almost looks like a slightly sinister glint in her eye, like the way the the explosion flashes in her eye, and then she has like a little like like slightly aggressive bite into that burger. It makes me wonder if she's like really the taker that yeah. he thinks she is earlier. You know, when he's like, "I was wrong. You're just like all the others. You're a taker." That that's kind it's of a way I felt. I mean, the, the, it, like I I love the thought of it possible her possibly dying at the end you know that that ambiguity is great but i also got that you know the the whole theme of it is the giving and taking and that she is taking this and i agree with you jacqueline because i did see that that grant of like yeah it is there taking a monster bite out of that thing yeah and 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 it's it's the music as well that's like a little sinister at the moment yeah Yeah, she didn't care and she wiped her mouth with the with the menu too so that that kind of said it too yeah so i just don't know but like that that was my read on it but i i don't have like a firm i'm not like positive and i'm I'm not sure what was it i forget like but what was it that happened immediately before that made julian say to her i was wrong you're a you're a taker just like everybody else what what was it that made him say that do you remember um i mean maybe just because she didn't make the decision right away yeah, like, yeah. or was it because she called for help? He's oh, like, you've when, broken when she the went trust? to leave, yeah, she was she got in a fight with Elsa and then yeah. tried to call the the um the Coast Guard. Coast Guard was that yeah. it? When yeah, he, that when he was been. like, you're a taker, like everybody else. So I don't know, but like, so maybe he's right. Like, maybe she really is a taker. Like, because you know, maybe in the line of work that she's in, maybe she like has to be dishonest with people to get business. I don't know. Like, I, I really don't know. But like, in some way, I wonder if this it's suggesting that she's really not totally a giver. Interesting. Yeah. I'd like to see. I didn't watch too many, like, any videos explain, like, breaking down this film or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't really either. 
Sometimes I do, depending on the film. I might watch just a second opinion to see what some yeah. people think about it. But, I, just, um, I just listened to Nicole's podcast. Yeah, I did too. Much it. Which I, what I liked about her podcast is we got to hear her and Andy's view of just what it's like to be creatives in a field where, you know, people demand of you and right where they demand silly things that they can't explain themselves. Like, oh, I don't like this. Make it better. And it's like, well, what would you what don't you like? What specifically? Like, just make it just change it. And it's like. Well, yeah. what am I changing? Give me some fucking direction. Like, what am I making <laughs> yeah. it into? What is it? Explain to me what you don't like or what you want. If you can't do that, how am I supposed to create for you? Yeah. Whereas in regular art, is a, an artist creates whatever the fuck they want to, whatever they feel. Mm-hmm. And then everybody just looks at it and decides what they think of it. You know, mm-hmm. but it, there's mm-hmm. nothing. The artist isn't making it to achieve something. He's just making or he or she is just making it to put it out there. It's maybe yeah. a feeling they have. And they want to get it out on paper. They want to get it on canvas or whatever digitally. Um, yeah. So we should probably say Nicole and Randy are both graphic designers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they work on like specific projects. They don't just like make their own art willy nilly. It's like, you know, they're, they have clients that want certain things. So um, yeah, well, it, we're, we're, we're going a little long here. So yeah. are you guys cool if we kind of wrap it up and start giving our yeah. reviews? Yes. I have one small one thing um about the very ending mm-hmm. i just I, I wrote uh the s'more scene because we didn't really touch on the s'more scene i really i do like it mm-hmm. but man i got super midsummer vibes from yes. that really fucking hard yeah. like almost too hard where it lessened the effect of the ending a little bit for me because like the marshmallow and chocolate hats like they're a clear parallel to the bear yeah. suit to me yeah um, yep. yeah and then, like, everyone's committing to being burned alive, which is so much like the people that are allowing themselves to die at the end of Midsummer. Um, and then the music in the finale, just like it, it reminded me of Midsummer like a lot. And I don't know if that was intentional. I feel like it was. I mean, this this film has some similar threads to Midsummer, and it's a different film entirely. But there's definitely it's almost like someone watched Midsummer, maybe had like this draft going, and they were like. All right, they got some inspiration from it, which is fine. Like you see that all the time in films. So, yeah. But I just definitely noticed it the second time a lot too. Yeah, I I definitely felt that too, Hyderburn. Which just at the very end, sort of in, like I don't know, it sort of like bothered me a little bit because I'm just like, well, this is your movie, man. Do your ending. Like <laughs> the parallels are just so I don't know distinct that I was just sort of like it took me out of it a little bit when I'm critiquing. Mm. Just sort of like, uh, well, they already did that. Like, do something a little different. But it was still a great scene. I love the way yeah. they plated everything. Like, the whole room was the plate. And, like, I love the way Ray or Ralph or whatever his name is finds <laughs> fucking grabs Ralph. I love the way he grabs Voldemort. The- Just call him Voldemort. With his fucking, yeah, with his hard-ass cooking hands and, like, dropped the coal <laughs> eventually. And that was the catalyst that, like, hard-ass cooking hands. <laughs> yeah well i mean that is a real thing like i've worked with some cooks that like i was surprised that asbestos hand thing is a real thing i thought it was terrifying when the chocolate was melting i thought that yeah. looked kind of terrifying it was it was Just it was kind of terrifying I mean, it kind of looked like blood it did yeah, it was like dripping into their eyes and stuff yeah. and they weren't really fighting it they were just no kind of like, oh. at that point everybody had i love that they roasting. all paid yeah, they all they threw all their paid. credit cards in. Like, and what it the showed, fuck are you like, thinking? It showed how people were just on how they paid, too, right? Like, all the dude bros, the fuck boys, they all paid separately, <laughs> right? As if, like, nobody either, A, were they fighting on over who paid? Or were they like, well, I'll pay for my own meal. You pay for yours and you pay for yours. Like, nobody's going to help each other out. Like, Wazamo paid for his assistant, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there was still a relationship there with them. Like, there was, there was some respect. It was just 
their relationship had fallen apart. But and then the 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 married woman, what she she handed her the wallet over to her husband or something like that. He paid. Yep. Um, and they all basically succumbed to it at the end. They were just like, yeah, whatever. Like, we're gonna die. We're awful people. <laughs> and the producer paid. He wouldn't let uh, uh, Lillian pay. It's yeah. on the magazine. Yeah, it's on the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Very. <laughs> all right. Well, you felt whatever the fuck she said. You fellas ready to give your ratings? I am. I'm, I'm going to make John. mine really, really, really brief. But uh, okay. I, I let me get enjoyed... ready so I could type it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I had a lot of fun. Like Jacqueline, I watched this movie twice, not just to make notes, but to watch it again because I enjoyed it that much. Yeah, there are little problems. Heidelberg, I agree with you a little bit. The Midsummer thing was maybe leaning a little too much into that, but I love the color of it, the way it's created like, like a piece of art, the mm-hmm. way they decorated, the way, you know, that just all came together um again the acting was awesome there was some very subtle funny scenes in it that cracked me up i enjoyed that quite a bit um i I don't see very many problems with this movie i mean i'm gonna give it a little bit lower score but i'm gonna give this a nine out of ten that's a tasty burger (laughs) i thought you were going s'mores i already wrote it down you already wrote it down that was presumptuous just in case just in case Okay. I could have gone the obvious route, but no. Mm, that's a tasty burger. I feel like you should have done that. That's a nice sen- fiction uh, reference, like, though, right there. Mm, that's a tasty burger. That's much better. Here, do it like that, then. <laughs> that's mm. a tasty burger. That was less <laughs> sensual. Oh, I'm, I'm going sensual? Oh, sorry. I didn't know what my motive was. <laughs> Your motive that's... is sensual. Go. Okay. Mmm, that's a tasty burger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you hit hit the mark on that okay. one. I, I anyway, what's your review, man? <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Uh, my review, man. My review, man, is this. Uh, so this is a very well written script. Uh, the dialogue is just it's it's very smart and dark with a touch of wit. I really like John. You mentioned there's some really funny parts. They're not like <laughs> funny, but like man, do they 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 you notice them and they. They give the film this the the amount of levity that it really needs, so it's not just like a fucking suicide packed film the entire time. Like, um, I really enjoyed, especially the chef's uh, monologues. Like I said, a film with this many monologues just it could have felt long winded and drawn out, but it doesn't here, and that's a testament I feel like to the writing. Like, whenever he speaks, oh, we never even touched on like I love the gong noise and the clap. <laughs> Mm, he would and like everybody's like is he gonna do that all the time but it was like yeah he he is but like it it became like a huge part of the film um and it was like part of like when she gets up and and talks back to him like that's sort of like she interrupts it you know what i mean and i i kind of love that about that part of the film it sets it up um the film sets up a lot of stuff without being too like showing its hand um you know it, it does it's really good storytelling i thought um there's some fantastic performances as well. It's an ensemble cast, which I love. The especially uh, Ray Fiennes and I thought Holt and Anya Taylor Joy, they're standouts as well. Um, the rest of the characters were good, but like, I like as as much as Nicholas Holt's character sucks, he plays it fucking excellently. Like he's excellent as it as um, Tyler. Um, like you want to like the guy at first, and then you're just like, oh, you're a douche. Especially when he speaks to her like an abusive child. Like I hated that. Yeah, like, horrible. Paid for, yeah, you're a fucking douche. That's what I disconnected from his character like entirely. 
And I was like, all right, bro, put a flaming fucking marshmallow on this dude. <laughs> uh, the, present- <laughs> the presentation of this film, it's got a great look to it that goes with the theme of like the cuisine. I thought they play into that so well. And like we've used the word pretentious already. Like it could have been, but it isn't. You know what I mean? It plays on that a little bit because it knows that this is the world it's playing in. But it doesn't it does. It's not to me. It's not pretentious at all. Um, and it, it shows like these this art of like cuisine and high end cooking. And it pays like reverence to it. You know, it's like it's respectful of it at the same time. It, it's you know, it's what the plot is based on. And having the joy stricken from you as a creator, like I think it speaks volumes on that. Um I just love the way the course is delivered too and explained as like chapters um, in the film. I think it's quite brilliant the way they do that. Um, it's very subtle, but it's really cool. And then like, as you notice, as shit starts getting worse, they start adding things to, to the menu to the, like, you know, the clients and the restaurant and like funny little things that make you laugh. Uh, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm a sucker for the single location settings. And I do think that the island and the restaurant of Hawthorne is a fantastic setting. I actually I watched this and the Glass Onion back to back this morning, and they're both sort of single location island films, and it was kind of a real treat for like locales. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, I like the look, like you said, John. Everything just so sterile looking and minimalistic, and it's like a compound, you know. And at first, it looks inviting when you're like, in, like, oh my god, what's going on here? What kind of food are they making? But then you realize, like, oh, we're trapped. We can't get out of here. There's bulletproof glass like or, you know, you can't break the glass, at least with a chair. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought the settings really well done. I thought the score is also really great. Like, it's really good sound design, too. Uh, there's one part in particular that stood out to me. The part with the fallen angel stands out to me when they're dropping the fallen angel, the backer. I forgot his name, but the guy who backs the restaurant. Varric these angel, yeah, Varric. Um the music soars and we hear the chef's monologue during that scene as well as the patron, the patrons are like gasping and talking about what's going on and like, like screaming a little bit. And it's all like, there's so many different layers of the sound happening. And as that's all happening, we're still getting the ticking of the kitchen timer. The one that he set for jo- uh What's her name for Margot to make her decision, whether she's a giver or a taker. And I just thought it's all blended really well. And it sets the scene like beautifully. Like I noticed at this time when I was just like, there's so many things going on right now in the scene. And we're focused on Ray Fiennes and his like shouting at the, at the glass. But then I just, I started noticing the ticker in the background. I'm like, wow, they're still keeping with that sound so that you still know that like she needs to make a decision still, even though this is all going on. So I kind of like that. Um, yeah, so like those are all great. Like this, this is a, a really well put together film. There's not too many cons, to be honest. Like I said, um, it's a little predictable in some parts. For the most part, it had me on the edge of my seat, though. It's it's an original premise for the most part. But like I said, I definitely got midsummer vibes, which I just feel them like, especially towards the end. Um, and I I just feel like I knew she was gonna pick the cheeseburger as a way out. Um, I don't know if it was telegraphed early on on purpose or like, it sort of just played. In that one scene and then like right after you get the surprise of like, hey, she's going to use this as a way out. It's not a huge flaw for me, though, Um, but it is a critique. It's a small ding Uh, because of that ding. I do think that this film fumbles the ball on the ending just a little bit, just as like a smidge. Um, But I feel like it it recovers, too, like with the boat ride and the burger bite, the ambiguity of was it tainted meat or not? Who knows? I don't even know if they want us to think that, but there's definitely 
reason to believe that. Uh, and, and also, I didn't think about the whole thing where she's like, oh, she's a shark the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, look at her. She's a carnivore. She's a survivor. So mm-hmm. maybe she is a taker. She's a little bit of both. I feel like she's she knows how to blend both really well. And that's why she ultimately survives. So um, with that said, I'm going to give 2002's The Menu. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 also. Hmm, that's a tasty burger. <laughs> And John, okay. I'll gladly uh, pay you on Thursday for a cheeseburger, cheeseburger today. today. I'll send you some <laughs> in and out, dude. <laughs> All right, cool. I kind of feel like cheeseburger sales in this country must have had like a little spike after this movie came dude, out. That was a good looking burger, and I oh like the God. bun. I like the bun. wasn't like It wasn't like a, a fucking fabulous like party bun. It was just a sesame seed bun. Yeah. Like Do you think it was style. buttered and toasted though? It could have been. I would. I feel like that's key. I wish it would. Yeah, you gotta toast the bottom and the top. Yeah, <laughs> with butter. Yeah, though. yeah. It could have been like a, a baguette or like a brioche bun. <laughs> oh, brioche. Yeah. Pretzel bun. Yeah, brioche. Yeah. No, just a sesame seed bun. Yep. All right, nine out of ten from Hydraberg. What you feeling okay. there, Jacqueline? Um, I I feel very much like you guys. I I agree that it's a great premise. I I I agree that the acting performances are fantastic um i really found myself just kind of immersed in the story and waiting to find out what was happening ha- what was going to happen figuring out what the themes are like what are they what is this about really you know and i so when i saw the trailer for this movie a few months ago i don't remember what it was what it came before but you know i saw the trailer before some movie and i remember being a little mystified by the trailer because I couldn't quite pinpoint like what was going on here like it just kind of gave you a vague sense of okay there's a high-end restaurant something up is uh, something is up with the chef something sinister is going on here but I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was so I really didn't know what to expect going into this movie the first time and it also seemed like because I couldn't pinpoint it I was worried that it might be like very like obtuse or like hard Mm -hmm. to figure out yeah, but I didn't feel like the movie was hard to figure out. I feel like there are some ambiguities, but it and it does give you some stuff to chew on, so to speak. But it's <laughs> not like it's not like Lynchian in its you know mysteriousness. Like it's not a tough to figure out film, but it's like mm-hmm. it's it's just thinky enough without being like too obtuse. But it's also not too obvious. You know, it's kind of in this like happy medium zone. Um, which is i think kind of like it it was kind of like in the sweet spot for me i don't like things to hit you over the head with a message but i also don't like it to be so complicated that you can't figure anything out you know what i mean and this was like in the middle um john i agree there were several just really kind of dryly humorous moments i mentioned some of my favorite ones um the character of tyler i think is particularly interesting because he knows how this is going to turn out like maybe not like what road we're going to take to get there but he knows what's at the end of the road um and I so I find that like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I picked up on a second watch that I didn't pick up the first time because the second time I know that Tyler knows what's going to happen. And it kind of makes everything seem just a little different. Like the way he interacts with her before, you know, before the meal, like 
Now we know she he's hired her as his escort. We know that he knows he's going to die. We know that he knows that she's going to die. And it just like, it kind of makes everything that comes after that different. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. What other notes do I have? Um, I think it's interesting that the tech bros, they're like pretty obviously shitty people, but at the same time, they're kind of self-aware of their own shittiness. You yeah. know, like when he's like, oh, things are not good with my wife. And the other guy's like, oh, well, is it your fault? And he's like, no, it's her fault that I texted her coworker. Of course it's my fault. Like, <laughs> I'm an idiot, you know, or something like that. And there's like a few other comments they make after that. Um, it's like they're they're aware that they're like kind of shitty. Um, Does that make it worse? <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It kind of makes it better because at least you're not totally oblivious to what a like scumbag you are. Yeah. But then again, if you're aware of it, why don't you be different? Exactly. <laughs> like, why don't you just be a better person? Um. Yeah, I think the tortillas are absolutely brilliant. I think that was such a brilliant touch to show everybody what their offenses are. Like, why are mm-hmm. you, what are you being punished for? It's like very, I love that it's individualized. Um, Let's see. Oh, some interesting things here. Like, I feel like the kitchen staff, including the chef, like there's some lying going on. There's there's like a show being put on. Like Julian, when he's first telling the story about Taco Tuesday and how his dad was drunk and all this, he's like, when I was growing up in Waterloo, Iowa, but he has like a British accent and he's like but when i was growing up in waterloo iowa and then later towards the end he says, yeah, he says another I was growing up in bratislava yeah like, i could not think of two more different places mm-hmm. yeah like, what was up with what that? the fuck are you doing i'm glad you um, noticed that yeah because i did i kind of noticed it too but when it when it played i was like wait did he say something different earlier but i didn't yeah. rewind it and i couldn't like, this man does not seem yeah. like he's from iowa but i always thought it was odd too that his mother was there the entire time she was just like drunk yeah. and utter her same. She didn't say anything the entire yeah. movie. Yeah. You're uh, a handsome young man. She said that. Yeah, she did say that. Yeah, that was, that's right. But then also the sommelier, the, the wine guy, he starts off sounding like a little French. And then that kind of, he kind of drops that throughout the movie. Like it gets less, he gets less and less French yeah. as the movie goes on. So I don't know what's going on, but it feels like there's like, there's, there's more to the show that's being put on. Like, I don't. I don't Maybe know if I believe anything that he said like about the, his past. On the, like, the veil that we put, fo- you know, as servers, you know, when you're a server, you kind of like, even when you're not having a good day, you're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm going to be, you know what I mean? So some people... Fake it to make it. Yeah, so, like, as the movie progresses, we see that go down. But then then one makes sense that Ray Fiennes is saying two different stories about his upbringing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's very weird. There's like, a, it's again, it's like a distance. It's like a cold. It's like, a, and like a distance. drawing back the curtain and you're seeing the reality of it. Like, yeah. Like he's not, he's not engaging in an intimate experience with his guests. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, there's one moment in this movie that I really loved when Anya Taylor joy is struggling with Elsa and they're like rolling around and there's a knife. And then she finally like kind of wins out and she stabs her with the knife, but then she jumps back ball. with like, horror and she's like oh oh my god and it's like i almost you i feel like you almost never see that in movies like yeah. 
somebody kills somebody, even if it's in self-defense, and they seem very confident with it, and they're like, yes, I have vanquished you. But this, she's, like, horrified. Like, oh, this person is, like, dead now. Like, ugh. Yeah. Even though she did it, it's, like, the same revulsion of, like, you know, you go to put on a shoe and, like, a roach crawls out of it or something. Like, just utter, like, ugh. That was she, good. Like, she did it, but it was so, like, this, like, immediate, like, visceral reaction to, like, the horror of what she just had to do. Um, I thought it was such a good acting moment. I thought it was really brilliant. It is because she's taking someone's life regardless of what happened. And that's exactly. not an easy. If you've never taken somebody's life, it's going to be traumatic experience regardless of how. Yeah. Like, I feel like once you kill somebody, you're no, you're never going to be the same. No. So uh, that's, that's, I think that's, that's most of what I wanted to say. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I think it, I think it, really holds up to multiple viewings. I feel like I could watch it several more times and still really enjoy it. Um I like all the layers that it's going on that it's got going on. I like the like a melange, if you will. It is a melange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh it made me hungry. I like movies about yeah. food. Oh also when I saw the trailer, I kind of thought like, okay, we're using like the culinary world as some kind of like allegory for something horrific or scary like that seems like a stretch to me i thought it seemed like a weird like out there premise even though i couldn't tell what it was really about but just the fact that it's kind of centered in this culinary world i thought that seems almost silly like this seems like a stretch but when actually viewing it i i agree with something Hyderberg said earlier which is that the writing is so good and the story is so good that you're kind of pulled into it and just like yeah. along for the ride and so I definitely felt that way. And I I had no sense of like silliness or it being out there like I did from the trailer. So um, I guess it's I would like say a character anything, driven story. You know what I mean? It like, is. Even the even the smaller characters, there's like enough there where like, I don't know, you just you're invested in, in Chef, you're invested in Margo and all the other characters. And you're sort of like, well, what's going on here? Yeah, I agree. And these are like real characters. And so I, I think to. Yeah. To, to agree with you further, like the writing is so good that even smaller parts are given little details that make them more fleshed out than if they were just left as like cardboard stereotypes, you know, like 100%. Nobody's yeah. totally not evil. Stereotypical victims in right. a slasher or they're something. Not, they're not victim. They're not stereotypical yeah. victims, but they're also not like totally evil people. Like yeah. one of the, one of the dis- points of discussion on, the light and shadow podcast episode with uh, Nicole and Randy is that, you know, Nicole said, well, do the, do you think these people deserve what they got? And I think the answer is no. <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's supposed to committed play God and decide. like a, a murder worthy offense here. Right. Um, so, so, so no, but like, yeah, there's some shittiness going on in people's characters, but they're not like that bad. Come on. It's so. weird though. But by the very end, they all, they're all cool with it, right? They they even pay for their dinner, yeah. knowing that the last course is going to be their last ever. Yeah. So I don't know. If I, maybe that's that's their self awareness, but uh, yeah. but yeah, there's nothing silly about it, and it felt like a good fit to have this kind of story take place within the culinary world. I think it actually lent itself very well to that because there 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 are such levels in that world that are available and accessible only to like the elitist of the elite you know mm-hmm. and so i think it actually worked really well um so yeah i i, I loved it i'm gonna come in on, on the same score as you guys and i'm gonna say nine out of ten 
tortillas deliciosas. <laughs> oh, wait, I can give it well s'mores then? I like that. I'm just kidding. Nine out of ten. Mm, that's a tasty burger. Tortillas. It just made me really hungry. Two times oh, I yeah. watched it. Both I, I, I had eaten and I saw, both times I watched it, I went, oh, dude, I could go for a cheeseburger right now. Mm-hmm. It was a double cheeseburger too. That's what oh, I like. Just onions too, right? It was just, yep. it was no tomato or lettuce, right? It was just no, onions. Just onions and cheese and meat. And I like the way he like pushed on the burger just a little bit, and you got to see the juices come out of it. Oh, dude, that I'll was be some, honest. That like, was I'm some great bur- filmmaking. I'm, I'm I'm the burger guy when I go out like to eat like I don't know what it is. I just love a good burger. Like when I go to a restaurant I've never been to, I always want to know like, well, how's the burger here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know places make good steaks. Almost all places have like a decent steak, but like, how's the burger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you go to a high end place, you get really good like combinations of meat where they'll give you like chuck and like sirloin or something, mm-hmm. or like even prime stuff. rib or yeah. So like the burgers brisket. are really good when you get them like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. delicious. I love no, a good burger. Now I want a taco like Tuesday. Food. I just want to eat all that. the food right now. Other than the burger, I think the taco meal was one of my favorite meals also, too. No? That yeah. looked like the most rewarding. Yeah. I love right. that Nick Nick Holtz taco was just him taking pictures of the food. Yeah. He hates Brilliant. me. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to turn to him. That's okay. Uh, I just wanted to know if you guys wanted to hear a little bit of trivia. I know we're running Certainly a little sure. long here, but I'll try to be right. selective here. Um, I'll, I'll skip everything that I think is not necessary. So Hyderberg, I think it was you at the very beginning. You were like, this seems like it's based on a real place or is, are there places like this or something? The answer is yes. Screenwriter Will Tracy came up with the idea of the story while on his honeymoon in Bergen, Norway, when he took a boat to a fancy restaurant, Cornelius Siomach restaurant on a nearby private island and realized that they were stuck on the island until the meal was done. Oh, damn. There are numerous references to restaurant Noma, which is in Copenhagen. Yes, I read that. Um, starting from the location, idea, concept, and ending with the menu itself. So, um, oh, oh, okay. This one's too good not to share. John Leguizamo's character is officially called George Diaz, but in but he's simply credited as movie star. Movie star. Leguizamo based his character of a washed up action star on steven seagal <laughs> whom he called a horrible human yes. due to a particularly bad experience while working with seagal on executive decision in 1996 mm-hmm. so i i couldn't not share that one sorry but That's that was hilarious. like a little a little juicy <laughs> i did i've i've heard that one before yeah the funny yeah because he said he doesn't like really like model his character per se like his image but probably his mannerisms and the the way he acts as a, yeah 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 I bet because they yeah. mentioned early on in the film like oh like that was he was a good star in 98 you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's obviously a husband who's just holding on still to his a little bit of like clout that he still has yeah exactly but now he's taking these like shitty projects probably just to earn a paycheck yep. yeah all right um looking at you paulie shore oh god I still have Stop a soft spot in juice. my heart for Polly Shore. Okay. But anyway. I'll say that again. And no, Cino Man okay. is you a great film, John. <laughs> Yo, Son-in-Law is a great Son-in-Law film. Son-in-Law also. Fantastic. Oh, Stop wheezing the juice. <laughs> um, okay. Brian, so I, I, I love this branded. fact. The entire kitchen team were trained to actually create the dishes broken down station by station so that if at any time you look at them, they're all doing the correct things that they should be doing for that dish if it were real life and not a movie. 
So they actually learn how to cook these dishes. They look very meticulous. Like Mm -hmm. when they're using their little uh, tweezers to like plate all the like seaweed and stuff. Like I'm like, damn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Interestingly, Emma Stone was attached to play the lead role of Margot. I could see that a little bit. And Alexander Payne was going to direct. Who's that? He did Nebraska. And I think he did the squid and the whale. Is that right? I don't know. Yeah, he, he does like kind of indie dramas. I'm actually not but, too familiar with this director either, unless like I haven't really IMDb'd him. I don't, I don't know him by name either. It's Mark Mylod or Mylod. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I don't know him from anything else. But I Whatever, also don't look up his fit for it. Yeah, but I, I think it's interesting to imagine Emma Stone in this role. But I just, I thought Anya Taylor Joy was so good that she was, and I love to see her just get angry when she finally finds out that he brought her there knowing that she was going to die. Like you son of a bitch. I like, I think that's when she's best when she's acting. When she, when she gets uh, very emotional, I feel like that's, Mm -hmm. she's very good at that. I agree. Uh, In the beginning of the film, the customers are led to the restaurant by Elsa and a few goats. A Judas goat is a goat used to keep cattle and other livestock calm while being Mm. led onto trucks and into slaughterhouses. Wow. It's a hint that the diners are cattle being led to the slaughter. Wow. Clever. It's almost like another midsummer sort of vibe to me. Like very yeah, that's interesting. I like mm-hmm. that. I did notice the goats this time. Like I thought it was odd. I was like, that's funny that there's these goats, but they have this wildlife on this preserve sort of mm-hmm. while they're I gotta say, I didn't notice the goats at all. I so. noticed them not in that context though, but mm-hmm. I noticed them this time when they when they get to the smokehouse. Yeah. You can see them. Mm. Uh, the script features an alternate ending where a crew of firefighters and investigators walk through the burnt wreckage of the night and behind a sealed fireproof door find Slowick's smiling severed head on a platter and his severed hands holding up the menu I'm glad they didn't do that well, yeah but who would set his body up like that that's weird yeah I don't know that seems like too and much it's behind a, a door as if like he didn't get killed by the blast but somehow he was able to sever his own head and hands that's dumb yeah, it seems silly. I'm glad that they didn't yeah, do that. That is uh, silly. The role of movie star was originally written for Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> and the bad movie that he did was going to be um, Victor Frankenstein. Ah. Uh, but then um, John Leguizamo was cast instead, so they changed it to calling Dr. Doctor Sunshine. Leguizamo's having a little bit of like a resurgence, so I kind of dig it. He was in this. He was in Violent Night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's So I actually follow him. I really, really, really like him. And yeah. he's done some really great things. He had this one man show um, a couple of years ago. I think it was called like Latin history for dummies or something like that. And it was like him acting out like the whole history of like um, pre-Columbian, like indigenous peoples um, in Latin America, like the Mayas, Aztecs, Incas, Tainos, and then like the conquest and how culture changed and like what latin cultures offer nowadays and like the history of latin people in the united states and that was this whole like, bit was all that yeah it was like a two-hour show oh wow that's 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 ballsy too but it's like super entertaining and super like yeah emotional and super informative I is that on netflix i think it is i would highly up. recommend that sounds it. really cool yeah to have your whole like it. comic bit about like two-hour show based around that that's yeah. very yeah, and it's not all comic, but it, it it is very much. And even hit like he has a history of stand up comedy. Even his stand up comedy is really more like 
one man show. It's really more like storytelling and acting out a story. He um, did a lot I, of impressions. Well, like, he had that, he that did, special. What was it? The freak or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Back in the I day. I, for, I think it was called yeah, the freak. Whatever. It was like him playing know. all these different roles, I think. Yeah, he he's known right. to do a lot of like impersonations of his family and like kind of recreating mm-hmm. incidents from his his yeah. childhood and stuff like that. But so I've I've been a fan of his for a long time actually, and I feel like so I, I also follow him on social media, which I would recommend. I feel like he has kind of taken it upon himself very much to be like the voice of Latin American people, like Latin Latino people in America, like. Um, you know, we have Black Lives Matter, you know, and there's like a very strong and vocal and visible movement, you know, representing the black community. And I feel like that's it's not as strong for the Latino community. And I feel and I'm like, I'm always wondering, like, why isn't there like more of a voice for for my people, you know, like and, brown lives matter? Yeah, I mean, but I don't want to like no, I know. commandeer just... or like appropriate no, what what the what the black community has or what like what their movement is. So I don't know, but I feel like there has been less of a voice, and I and I think there are a lot of factors for that. But I, I don't I won't go into it. But I do feel like John Leguizamo <laughs> is taking it upon himself to speak out and be that voice a lot of the times. Um, he wrote a really amazing op ed recently about how. Um, Latino people are not being represented appropriately in Hollywood and like really calling out a lot of Hollywood entities for like um, like using Latin people's stories in their movies but not employing Latin people yeah, and like it was this long piece and it was so powerful and well written anyway I'm sorry I'm so way oh, you're, off track. You're good. I'm just saying I love him and you should oh, follow very him interesting. Yeah, and I feel like he's very much a voice for Latinos in America so anyway um but yeah he's go check out his special on Netflix um I think it's called let it's called Latin history for morons that's what it's called well consider me a moron I'm gonna watch it <laughs> <laughs> um what so one more interesting fact um the seven deadly sins are covered by the six tables plus staff so greed is Soren, Dave, and Bryce, wow. the, the bros who embezzled money. And that was like their major sin. Mm-hmm. Gluttony, Tyler, who's willing to like die for the food. Uh, lust, Richard, who cheated on his wife. Envy, George, who's a washed up name dropping actor. That's John Leguizamo. <laughs> Pride, Lily and, and Ted, who are very full of themselves and like, very pretentious and think they at one point she's like i think this is all for us for our benefit yeah yeah the theatrics mm-hmm. uh sloth julian's mother who did nothing to stop her husband's abuse yeah and then wrath julian and the other chefs who oh, murder yeah. everybody that's interesting i didn't even pick up on that but now yeah, wow. that, yeah it's yeah. obvious it's pretty obvious i don't know what where that idea like who posited that idea but it seems pretty spot on yeah I that added so. just another melange of layers to this movie oh yeah 9.5 from, from yes. the crew at, no, <laughs> yeah okay so that's I'll, I'll stop there with the trivia but uh nice. those were some salient facts so also awesome. uh, i guess that's it for the menu yeah um, that was fun so it was next delicious. week yeah, it was delicious. Quite savory. You guys want to hear what we've got going on next week? Please. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So next week, we're beginning our Women in Horror Month as yes. of February. <clears throat> and yeah, so the movie I have chosen for my pick is called Master, and it is from 2022. I believe you can get it on Amazon Prime. It's based on 
Is that on the um, Metallica song, Master? Yes. Master? Master? No. 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 That's not Puppets. Master Puppets, sorry. Yeah, it's called Master, and I will explain next week why I chose it. It's on Hulu, right? Is it on Hulu? I thought it was Amazon Prime. I don't know. One of the two. I think but it's a Hulu. It should be pretty easy to find. It, it, so it's from 2022. It's another yeah. new one just it's from streaming. last year. It's streaming. I know that. Yep. Sure is. So that's what we'll be covering next week. In the meantime, if anybody would care to email us and share your thoughts about the menu, le menu, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. You can catch us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. And we could always use more f- friends. Be our friend on Facebook. If you find us at a cut above colon horror review. We also want to say huge, huge thank you to the five star reviews. We keep getting on iTunes and on Spotify. So keep that up wherever you're listening to the podcast. We appreciate you. Yep. So fellas, it's been fun chowing down on the menu with you. <laughs> Next week, I look forward to getting started on Women in Horror Month. I loved that month last year. I'm looking forward to doing it again this month, talking about, you know, women's themes in horror and stuff made by women in horror. So I'm excited for the whole month. But yeah, next week, we'll be kicking it off with Master. So I'll see you fellas next week. And keep it creepy.